What's up, everybody? Playoffs has begun, and we are here on episode 117 of Hotline League. It's an extra spicy episode. That's actually not true. I don't have any anything spicy for you, but I got you. And now you turn off in the first five seconds. Of course, this show is brought to you by Alienware. We'll talk more about that as the show goes on. But first off, I want to introduce my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Great. Um, it's great. Just killing it. Yeah. I really like the, the difference between you on this show versus the, like, it's the same setup, the same situation. And yet somehow you make yourself <laughs> look so much shittier for this show. It's, than when it's you do literally on all hair product. My setup is exact same. I put on a, a ratty ass sweater and I don't put any hair product in and suddenly I look homeless. I definitely I feel like, yeah. I definitely feel like you have a, like more, like, do you have a light off right now or something? Like you usually look same setup. I think he looks fine. It's the exact just, same setup. All I'm right, not buddy. saying he doesn't look fine. I'm just saying he looks dramatically more cash, I guess is the way I would say it. Joining I don't us, make my bed. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. You got the little boy back there. Don't we normally see more of like, the stuff on the wall? Uh, I made my angles a little different. Oh, okay. okay. Whatever. Gotcha. Anyway, joining us this week is evil genius coach Artemis. Coaches along with uh, Irene. How's it going to Artemis? Good, good. Happy to be here. Yeah, glad to have you on. Uh, and and congratulations, you guys finished second in the split, despite some people saying you wouldn't make playoffs even. I think within the first couple of weeks, and <laughs> yeah. uh, definitely. And then you won this past weekend, so you're you get to go up against a very. I don't know. We'll see how this weekend goes, but I'm excited to see how how things pan out for you. Yeah, we're excited too. I think we're we're happy to secure the second seed. I know we had a three-way tie as far as points <clears throat> or record goes for second place. So it didn't really feel like much of an achievement to say that we got like second place or something from the regular season. But it definitely was nice to secure the second seed. I think that being able to play FlyQuest in the first round of the, the winner's bracket was super good for us. Uh, and now we're just one best of five win away from the, the finals. Either we beat Cloud9 this weekend to go to the finals or we lose to Cloud9 and then win in the lower bracket and we still go to finals. So... Nice. Pretty excited. Yep. Mark, are you just like texting someone or are you are you tweeting about the episode? He's texting. I just tweeted. Okay. So you are just texting. I can do both. Who are you? I'm a multi-talented man. This is why people say get Mark off the show. He no doesn't look like that. he wants to be if here. If anything, they say let Mark run the entire show, get Travis off. True. Look at this guy. Oh, he's so cute. You, could, you can't lose this. So I got mm -hmm. a message from Artemis about an hour ago that said... A lot of the riot press and fan narratives around EG this year were pretty bullshit. Mm -hmm. A few EG calls and calls I can sink my teeth into would be great. So right now, listen, if you're watching the show right now and you've got some take on EG or something like that, you... What's... What? I was going to say prime prime the audience. What What is... Oh, okay, sure. Because um, uh, without getting too yeah descriptive, like... Some of the things they were saying about bang in the middle of the season mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or like coordination, because I feel like those yeah. are some of the ones you're probably talking about. Uh, for sure, for sure. I think you should, I mean, just think about the narratives you heard around EG this season. I think um, bang is a great one. We can talk about that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that for the most part, EG came into the split uh, pretty strong, at least with our voices. We were talking a big game and then we immediately lost a few games, got off to a pretty rocky start, and Riot kind of took that and ran with it. And the narratives didn't really add up with uh, what we were actually seeing as a team. 
So. You say the narratives didn't add up, but I have picture evidence <gasps> of. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! If wow. you recall this image, uh, this was this was, I believe it's, at one point in time pretty was pretty conclusive. And yeah, it's yeah. pretty damning. If you I, want, I don't know. You look it up in the dictionary for mental boom, and that picture shows up. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, of course, true. of course. Yeah. I mean, okay. Let's just. I don't want to spoil any of the calls that we're going to take, but I, yeah, just, I don't want to take anybody's call. That's all. No, I see. Yeah, well, what one of the things I just want to say that was like, there was a point in the middle of the split where Bang did that interview that was just. Let's really talk about rough. that. Somebody should call in about that interview. That's all okay. I want to say. Okay. Somebody should call in about that interview. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, I'll try and look for. We're, we're, we will tell you right now. We'll be a little bit biased for EG things, like we actually normally are, anyways. For whenever we have a yeah. guest on from a, yeah. from a team, uh, but definitely some of the more narrative takes. If people yeah. no, but also chat. You guys disagree. should just do what you want. If you guys don't want to talk about EG, that's fine. Let's talk, talk about TSM. Your no, our favorite I don't want to talk about TSM. Like, TSM is so boring, man. Let's talk about someone else. <sighs> so. Let's talk about their match versus 100 Thieves then. Perfect. Let's talk about 100 Thieves. Nice. So can you guys talk about... Uh, or One thing I, I want to talk about, which is maybe a little bit less Artemis-focused, but you know, Twitch chat's been kind of talking off about it. Well, so originally I did a video earlier today in a stream about the Valorant drama where team, oh, yeah. team folks cannot stream if you got invited. So basically, for, for context... There was this big alpha event that everybody, including myself, were invited to, a bunch of people, influencers, etc. Not all the team members got invited. Then, ahead of tomorrow, when the game comes out and nobody watches LCS because of it, uh, <laughs> it closed beta. We were actually, funny story, we were playing, Kelby and Spell Z and I were playing uh, TFT last night, and Kelby was teasing Spell Z about how many people are going to watch the Golden Guardians game. He's like, what sphere is going to look like that? Or that. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so tomorrow, tomorrow it hits, and interestingly enough, if you are if you came in as part of a team, which teams were given twenty keys to give away to like their influencers and team members and all that stuff, you cannot stream tomorrow. You can you have to wait twenty four hours, which seems like I still have yet to hear anything that doesn't just feel like the most art like it sounds like the most arbitrary reason ever that Riot has put out there. They, they had like a reason which is like, we want to be fair to the teams, but or be fair. It just doesn't make any sense. There's a whole video I did about it. I'm not going to go over the video again, but I will say what is interesting is Nadeshot now calling out the team owners um, who complained Wait, because now he this? can't get he can't get access to it. I'll put the tweet and the... Um, on Twitter. Yeah. Did he call them? I didn't really understand what it. happened. I, so, I guess I'm just out of the loop. But. So, so Nadeshot was part of it has nothing yeah. to do with your job, by the way, so you should be out of the loop. Yeah, yeah, okay. Good, good. So good. Nate Shot was part of the... Uh, sorry, by the way, guys. I, I usually use dark mode, but uh, because I'm loading it up in this thing, it, it's white. But um, yeah. Nate Shot was part of the beta, and so so he's the only person, apparently, who, who was part of this thing a couple of weeks ago and can't play tomorrow. And he says that it's because owners complained to Riot and forced Riot into this position. What is so funny to me about it, this is like, Riot, Riot could just allow him to, I I feel like, uh, oh, we lost Artemis' webcam. Okay, no, right. I'm coming back. Okay. Um, <laughs> I feel as though Riot has just played Nadeshot so well. And by the way, Jack replied and was like, 
First, I heard about this. From my understanding, all teams were under the same schedule. Are you actually upset you didn't get some sort of special partner and the other owner? Seems weird. So... Anyway, I just think it's very funny. Because basically, Riot has created this arbitrary rule where, like, teams cannot uh, stream this and, and for 24 hours, which includes Nade Shot. Nate, I think... What is very clear to me is that Riot, based off the way Nateshot's reacting, Riot played this so well because they just went to Nateshot and said, you know, man, we would love to have you stream tomorrow, but... Uh, <laughs> but it's these other, but it's these these other owners. owners that just say that they want the system to be fair. That, that's true, actually. And, yeah. uh, and man, it really sucks that the other owners are uh, fucking you over right now. Whatever it's Riot's policy, yeah, yeah, yeah. like... Yeah. Teams cannot stream tomorrow. Oof. So it's just like the I, way he's behaving or reacting to this is it's just so funny. And now Jack is going in on Nate Shot or in reply. So it's like it's influencers can stream tomorrow, but teams can't. Is is that the Yeah. The way this I, yeah, yes. so if you were part of this thing okay. two weeks ago, you okay. can stream tomorrow. I can stream oh, tomorrow. Oh, okay. So only the people who were part right. of the original Okay, that but makes sense. If you get That's a right. drop you could also stream tomorrow, like a key also drop. Also makes sense. So, so I, I think. supposedly, from my understanding, yeah. if Nadeshot gets a drop tomorrow, he could start streaming immediately. So you Little, have people who yeah, already have pretty keys. Dope. Pretty dope. <laughs> you have people who already have keys competing to get a key so they can stream. It is literally yeah. insane. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't understand why the teams can't play. I like that post that you had in the video. It was competitive integrity or something they said. Like, they said they don't want team they, other was, teams to get an advantage. Yeah, something um, like that. it's like what is there a tournament on Wednesday, and so if they can play on Tuesday, it's unfair. I just I don't know. I literally do not understand the logic. But but the the just like that meme of of the guy shooting the person in the back and saying why would I just like that I would want to create like riot shooting nade shot in the back and being like why would the team owners do this? <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, it's <laughs> just like <laughs> nade shot bought into it for some reason, which I don't understand. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. It's really stupid. If if I think we could take like one call on that if anybody wants. Sure, to sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, Mark has now closed my door. Or sorry, Kobe has now closed my door. Shut I, up. Being too loud. Um. All right. So, uh, other than that, what else has happened? So we've got playoffs from this past weekend. Uh, any it. other big news, Mark? Um. Honestly, I think so. Uh, I mean, G2 was obviously mm -hmm. a big mm -hmm. part beyond just North America. Um, I don't know if Artemis, you know, I assume you watch those a little just, bit at least. Just casually. Like, uh, yeah. I, I have some interest as a fan of the sport and a fan of the game <laughs> for sure, but they're not my direct competition, so I, I have to kind of triage, especially during playoffs. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely two ways to watch League when you're yeah. an analyst or coach or whatever, and yeah. one is like, I'm staring at the minimap, and the other one is like, I'm on Reddit <laughs> until the casters start yelling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, for the playoffs so far for LEC, I've definitely been more of the latter kind of year. Yeah. Same sure. same with me. I, the only one I watched closely a little bit was the fifth game. And gotcha. Yeah. I only watched the end because I was streaming the Valorant thing last Friday, so I didn't see everything that led up yeah. to it, but... Oh, Huni, Huni, Huni contract on Dignitas. Oh, That's a yeah. yeah, I actually we I can, pulled a call we can for that. Talk about that. Good. Yeah, yeah, you're a great, great person for it. Yep. Actually, I assume. Yep. Ollie, one thing with the Twitch Prime. Um, looking in the Twitch chat, trying to see if anybody else. Has yeah, I saw it. Emily is the one who gave me the idea for the Huni one, but let's see. Uh, God, all the top posts are just fucking April Fool's garbage. Yeah, exactly. I wait. If I, normally, Mark and I do this thing where we just go and look at the top posts on the subreddit, and uh, oh, that's where you guys get your content. No wonder. 
Yeah, dude. I, I don't know if you know this whole point of the show is so that Travis and I don't use use our brains. Like yeah. we True. come up with topics, we just gotcha. crowdsource it. That yeah. so much is making sense now. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right, I think I think we'll have enough though, just with playoffs and stuff. Yes. By the way, Overwatch League is dying. I don't know if, uh, if good anybody's been to the, the Overwatch yeah. competitive Overwatch subreddit, but that's just a fun little thing. Okay. <laughs> so he says content goes like this: Reddit to Hotline League to listed loco. <laughs> To, right. to back to Reddit, to yeah. back to yeah, online, yeah. That's actually to true. Back to and it's just this big circle of content where everybody's yes. just... Ooh, this is a juicy one I don't know about. The Lena Parth comments? Oh, What's this that? is so stupid. I, I couldn't even... Just people creating drama about TSM and so, shit so Lena, So Lena said on the TSM Discord... And correct me okay. if I get any of this wrong. Yeah. There was a Reddit thread about it. Can I add some context to this? So what I believe happened is she was just like streaming and kind of like stream of consciousness talking. And then people like selected. Like, no, I think it was on the TSM Discord. Yeah, it was. Oh, was it typed? It or wasn't, it wasn't when she was streaming. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, I could be mistaken. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so while she was stream, or sorry, not while she was streaming, while she was in the Discord, supposedly she answered a bunch of questions. She was doing, yeah. I don't know, maybe okay. like an AMA or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things that she said was that... Parth scouted licorice. And oh, this 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 is what was I what saw people, people memeing yes. about scouting licorice. I even started memeing. I that. scouted licorice. Look, I'm just gonna put the argument to bed. It was me. Okay, I scouted licorice. End of story. That, Were you even it. alive yet, dude? You're so young. What? Were you, <laughs> Mark? Actually, so this yeah, is when, complicated when because in? supposedly yeah, Cloud Nine scouted licorice. Oh, it, it was actually Zazel. That was true. Te- technically, it was Zazel. But if we're not including Zazel, then, then it was Zazel scouted licorice. I thought it was Deathly for That's sure. Ah, Deathly likes to say that, but I don't know. So, anyways, people are saying that uh, Lena lied, but I, I don't. I mean, it's, I don't think I hate, she. I hate that. Like, it, it sounds like a weird thing to maliciously mistaken? lie like, about. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Like, people's initial reaction to that is like, "Oh, she's being malicious. She's lying on purpose. She's spreading misinformation." Like, couldn't she just be mistaken? Like, maybe Parth said once that he scouted licorice and maybe he wasn't even lying maybe he did scout licorice like oh i'm gonna restart my cam but yeah i just i think everything gets blown out of proportion so quickly these days all right well mark do you want to start lining up some calls if you haven't already i got a bunch already lined up and i need to start grabbing them because i don't remember i want to start with an eg one but i honestly don't remember who's eg so i need to go in there and ask Uh, so off goes mark uh in the meantime shout out to Rob Bear Toe, Fragbite Light for 27 months, Oli One for 17, and Nanuko 111 for 17 months as well. Thanks everyone for subbing. We're hitting some good sub numbers we haven't seen in maybe a year or so. I remember I've got. Congrats, Travis. 865. Yeah, thank you. Carried by Valorant, which I'm going to stream tomorrow until LCS starts. I think I watched your Valorant video, actually. The one with Taro in it? Yeah. Pat is here. Pat is muted. Pat is no, unmuted. He's Pat, being he, kind. Pat, where are you calling from? Big Rapids, Michigan. Rapids area. Sorry, was it? Big Rapids, Michigan. Big Rapids, Michigan. Isn't there also a Grand Rapids? Yeah, Big Rapids is north. Is there like little baby Rapids somewhere too? And medium Rapids. Yeah. <laughs> what do you What do you uh, want to talk about? What do you want to talk about on the show? Um. So my topic is that. EG is a better org than TL because Ooh. TL could not turn around Piglet, but EG turned around Bang, in my opinion. Okay. So, 
Interesting. Do you think yes. that these two players are comparable? Um, so I think that just as a whole, uh, I think North America has a history of just not bringing Korean talent into North America very well. And I think there's a history across organizations uh, that organizations just don't bring, like I say, Korean talent in well. And this is shown with EG towards the beginning, Bang obviously having, you know, mental booms and stuff. Uh, but something in EG was able to turn him around. And he's obviously better now, in my opinion. I don't really have a lot of like backup necessarily, so I would just have to like kind of talk. That's just your take, okay? Yes. It's, it's a launching point for for Connor to or Artemis to start. Oh God. Yeah. Okay, so first I'm gonna look at the assertion. The, the assertion was that EG is a better org than Team Liquid, and the supporting argument was that we were able to make Bang work and they couldn't make Piglet work. Um, so first, I, I will say, I'm not going to assert that we're better or We're getting a little bit of echo, uh, Pat. Can you mute? Yeah, I'm turning my volume down. I'm sorry. Gotcha. Yeah, so I'm not going to assert that we're better org than Liquid, and I certainly wouldn't do that just using evidence of importing one player as a success, and that org imported one player as a failure. So uh, I really can't speak to this uh, relative ranking of orgs just by one player acquisition. Um, but, I mean, we can talk a little bit more, I guess, about... Um, the success, the relative success of EG with Bang versus 100 Thieves last year, we could. That would be a better take if you're like EG's, you know, better than 100 Thieves because they can make Bang work and 100 Thieves couldn't. That's more one to one. But I, I can't like shit on Team Liquid because they didn't make Piglet work when this was years ago, just because Bang had a good split. Like I, I can't do that. I no, mean, it's fine. It's fine. You, Artemis, you I want to break. Oh, go ahead, Mark. Oh, I was gonna say uh, as well as 100 Thieves and how well they work with Bang. That's obviously the easiest comparison. But you could at least say. Things that you guys think you did well with yeah, sure. working with a Korean pro player. Well, uh, and that's that what you... I want to say, too, is there's this kind of concept in this in this conversation that's being asserted, which is like... Oh, I froze. All Korean to, pros are the same. You had to save Bing, or you had to make Bing work. Is that... Do you think that's an accurate depiction about what you did? Well, I think... I'm on record talking about this before an interview this season, where I think we had very different distinct cultures at EG. Like we had Bang and Irene who were culturally similar, but not identical. Uh, like Irene has a really long history. He bounced around a lot where Bang spent a lot of time in LCK before coming to 100 Thieves for just this one year. And we had to integrate them with this Cloud9 culture where we have uh, Zazel and Dennis who were very tight uh, and kind of bring their own culture from Cloud9. And then we also had Jizuke coming from EU. He's European, brings his own play style. And then we have Kumo. So, um, just so many different, um, you know, groups of people bringing together. And I, I think we did a good job making them all work. And I do think that Bang is working in our system. Um, and as far as what we did to make that happen, like, I'm sure it's most of what other teams do with their Korean pros or their other pros. Like, uh, obviously, it has to be meeting in the middle. Like, you can't just expect Bang to assimilate to American culture. And you obviously can't expect Americans to assimilate to Korean culture. So uh, in that way, you have to constantly be searching for compromises between your players. Like whenever you can get small wins of interactions where the players are building rapport and feeling more comfortable with each other, those are huge moments. And you have to fight for those the whole season. And these moments add up. And the more you get, uh, the higher chance you have for success. And I think that for us, it was a really slow process. 
uh, it took time, but eventually we had enough small wins and enough of these moments that we were able to uh, get Bang in the system clicking. Obviously, you, you've spoken with Bang as well, probably about things that happened on 100 Thieves, not wanting to turn this into shitting on them, but like, what were some of the things that you think they might have been missing to get the most out of Bang that then you guys were able to yeah, tap into? Sure. Um, I think that there, some coaches can fall, or some people can fall into the trap of observing symptoms of problems and thinking that they're the root cause instead of addressing the root cause. And I think that, um, you know, many players, when they're struggling, they, um, you know, you, you can kind of see that in their gameplay. You can see that in practice. And I don't know every detail with Bang uh, in 100 Thieves, but I don't think he was particularly happy there. Um, and I don't think uh, that he was in a particularly great spot to compete mentally. And I think that he was definitely excited to leave. Uh, and I think that what we did is we were just really patient with Bang and we made a really a concerted effort to just try and understand him as a person and not judge him. I think that Bang as a person puts so much pressure on himself. Like that's what I think people in chat and people at home need to understand. Like this guy puts absurd amounts of pressure on himself, unhealthy amounts of pressure on himself uh, to the point that there are oftentimes externalities associated with that intrinsic pressure. So what we do is we have to kind of control those symptoms and control those externalities while channeling bang's motivation to something productive because that's useful uh, it really is but at the same time it can be a detriment so it's a balance uh i think that th since we're on the topic of bang and integrating all that stuff this is the a good natural transition probably into the what was happening in the middle of the split with some of like the player interviews i don't know if, if travis was one of them with you or were they both it the was on stage features. ones yeah it was features i think yeah yeah sure. uh there were there were these two interviews that came out pretty close together. One was with Bang, and at this point, I can't remember the specifics uh -huh. of of what people we were should, saying. But we I remember talking it. about how he can't. We should watch it. Can, he can I only the, operate. I we should watch one. it. We should put it. Put it. All, I if don't have it in front it, of me. If somebody finds find it, that's it. fine. Chat, go go ahead. But uh, week four, I think. Yeah, oh, I can't yeah. control my teammates. Yeah, yeah. Niski says I can't yeah. control my teammates. That was what. And then and then afterwards, there was one. There was one with Zazel that came out, and Zazel said, "If Bang doesn't like what we're we're doing, he'll punish us." I, let's something. talk about both let's talk about both yeah yeah, okay. yeah. so th those two came out close together and a lot of people yeah. on the outside were just like yeah. oh my god this team sounds so dysfunctional because i have been in situations where my korean pro player yeah you can't, can't communicate <laughs> technically what they want and so in frustration they do things like that so i definitely had the worst mental image you can probably have from like personal experience of a situation like that yeah, you definitely took it and <laughs> ran with it in a way that wasn't exactly uh, Zazel meant. And I don't think that's your fault, Mark. I, I don't think it was articulated perfectly. Um, but I, I don't think that Zazel was trying to throw Bang under the bus. This is why complete, we never let. Uh, this uh, is why we never let Chat try to find a video. They just Rickrolled us. Anyway, continue. <laughs> okay. uh, so I guess I, I'll start with the the Bang one. I wish I had the clip in front of me because I would love to just hear the exact phrasing. I'm not going to click any of these YouTube links because I don't want to get Rickrolled. Yeah. <laughs> but so there, he gave two answers, right? The, the response was, uh, there were two clips. It was like he gave one response. There was a cut. He gave a second response. And one of the clips he was talking about uh, something to do with the fact that uh, like AD carry as a position didn't have much agency. And like he didn't feel like he could have like a lot of control over his teammates or control over the game. I think that was one piece. Um, and 
Wait, are we okay? Mark has linked me. He's got. He's got it. Okay. Let's. So I'm let's hoping. Watch. I'm hoping this is it, and okay. uh, we're safe. I, I checked it already. I'm not rickrolling my yeah, own. Yeah, you could be rickrolling us. <laughs> <laughs> let's check it out. Yeah, let's watch it. Teammate, you know, I can't hear I'm shit. Just one person, but oh, we're playing as five, and when we are stuck in some macro, it's really hard to fix because every time. Every single time is every different moment of our yeah. macro, like that we have to adjust. But I, I don't know. It's really hard. Yeah. I wonder if that was the one. I thought there was, there a, was another one. one. That was the one everyone was, was going two, about, crazy about. Yeah. There was. There was I mean, there's the Zazel one you were referencing, but that is 100%. No, think, we did like a whole there's more episode. That, there's more to that band clip. There was, two, there was another pieces. one that he talked yeah. a little bit more, and I can't remember. Yeah. I, I don't know where to see. Either way, either way. So just, about that, um, yeah. like th that clip right there, like I believe he's uh, he's talking about like um, like macro and controlling his teammates. Like he was actually asked a question about double lift. Um, and like it, on the initial one that aired on broadcast, this was like week four, week five. They talked about how like he didn't have any agency and that like he couldn't really control how the game was going to go. Like the question he was asked was about like why he didn't think double lift could like make anything happen with Team Liquid or something. And mm. he was talking about how AD Carry had no agency. And then they they also asked Bang um, something about if he was like shot calling for EG or how his communication was helping EG win. And then they cut that double lift answer with him talking about his own communication in that like he can only do so much or he's just himself um and if bang's not like a, a great shot caller like english isn't his first language he, he's a high level communicator and he, he communicates correctly but he's not carrying 60 70 percent of the comms mm -hmm. uh, so of course when he's asked about like what can you do as a shot caller he's gonna say i can't do shit i'm just me i'm just you know my own person i can just play the game so i thought it was a little bit disingenuous that they um took his answers out of context didn't provide context and then ran with it so much for the rest of the split. Like it was even, I think, coupled with Zazel interview, these things were referenced for the rest of our split. And, you know, I talked to Bang about it. Bang was upset. Like Bang was upset. He felt like he was taken advantage of. He didn't fully understand what would happen if he answered those questions that way. Um, and he had to really try and just put this behind him and not focus on it because we were, you know, in the middle of our season. And as far as why didn't we come out like and talk about it at the time, there was really no need. I think for us as a team, we're very much just focused on ourselves, the split. Like everybody was just saying so much bullshit about us. Like we just didn't want to listen to it and we just cut that shit out and didn't focus on it. But yeah, I, I felt really bad for Bang. Bang is a good teammate. Uh, he tries hard to be. I think everybody struggles at times and I think Bang makes mistakes uh, as everybody does. But yeah, that piece of Riot content right there really rubbed me the wrong way. Mark, I remember you saying, I, I'm like 90% sure I remember this correctly, that you had heard that that was not taken out of context whenever we aired it on the show. I don't know if you recall that. I don't recall that. Okay. Um, Twitch chat remembers it too because somebody mentioned it as well. We'd have to go back to the episode. I don't remember which one. I just want to add something. Like with those interviews as well, um, I think that what, as far as context goes, like, even if he doesn't outright say it, him like hinting at, um, so something that Piglet did in the videos with TL was he like very clearly kind of like blamed Dardock and like his other teammates 
in those videos Piglet did at the time, uh, the one that was really popular. And I know that Bang is not on the same level of like blaming his teammates, but he kind of hints at that same mentality or like or a similar mentality. Yeah, so that's what I'm talking sure. about. Yeah, for sure. As far as like something like EG did as a better org to turn that around and give them a better season than what TL did. Uh, can we go back instead to the bang point? <laughs> Sorry, to, I just don't... I think what Artemis said earlier about the differences between the two situations, I'd rather stick on the this one than go back into what TL has done in the past. Is that is that okay? Yeah, yeah I'm like muting my mic. Sorry. No, 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 you're fine, you're fine. Um, people were, just for Twitch chat, who were saying like, oh, Mark doesn't remember. It's like, bro, I do like eight shows a week. I don't remember everything that comes yeah. out of my mouth. If someone but pulls I remember it up everything that I came out of Mark's mouth, and he definitely said it. Said it. All right. Oh. I, I said it. Sure. Also, I'm reading something in chat. Someone's like, Bang's on the edge of tears. I think Artemis is spitballing. Um, that's a good point. Bang was definitely clearly emotional in that clip. And that clip was filmed after our loss to CLG in week two, I think. When was that? Week two, right? Week three, maybe. Week three? Yeah. So either in week two or week three, we lost to CLG. At the time, pretty much obviously the worst team in the league, a team that we should not lose to ever, a team we probably beat 90 out of 100 times, and we lost to CLG. So, yeah, he was emotional at the time, and you could see that in his voice. Um, yeah, that's the context. Yeah. So for people who don't know how the Riot workflow generally works on these things, there's the features team, which is independent from analyst desk, which is independent from... Uh, like people who are building replay packages and graphics teams, like we all coordinate. And so what will usually happen is the features seem to be like, hey, we have this clip of X player saying this thing. And they usually say, you know, I asked this and he said this. Um, so I don't remember the meeting where they said this. Maybe they did say it and it was, they asked about double lift and then he just started talking about his own teammates. I don't remember how they presented it because... It's one of those things, and not to say that Bang and Artemis are lying, but like how people remember things and how like when you're speaking stream of consciousness, you get somewhere can be totally different. So it easily could yeah, have been a, a double point. of prompt yeah. that he then is like, you know, I look at my own situation with my own teammates and I'm struggling and blah, 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 blah. So I can sympathize with double lift, you know? And yes, I, I think absolutely looking back at that clip, not having the, the double, like usually they'll put a little lower third up, you know, like that's that little thing that flies out and they'll say like, Hey, Bang speaking about AD carry struggles, you know, or, or mm -hmm. something like a broader context. Mm -hmm. The fact that they don't have one on that clip is actually a little surprising to me when I watch it back. Yeah. Because uh, usually they do do that. Um, so, sure. that's and again, like, I, I don't want to, I'm not saying that Riot did this on purpose to screw Bang. No, but I think, or anything like that. So, I think those are good points. Like, if, if it yeah. doesn't have the bug, or that's what also what sometimes called lower third or bug of, of saying what it is, that is a missed, uh, Thing that Riot and myself and other people should be talking about is like where the point came from. Um, yeah. And again, I think the, it's our fault for letting it go so long to... Because Riot doesn't want to hurt their own players. Like they, they don't want to hurt the players of the teams. So they're, they're not intentionally going to try and create narratives that are harmful to players, at least not deliberately. I, I don't believe so anyway. Right. So. And that's, that's what Raz is saying in the chat a little bit right yeah, now, which exactly. is if you ever like for any players or people watching, like this is partly an entertainment product. And so if we see a storyline that we think makes sense in our head and we start talking about it, we just kind of, it's like, that's what makes sense to us. But if you ever correct us, we'll, we'll usually be pretty good about 
being backing up and, and fixing things. And so this is one of those times where like, you know, maybe Riot dropped the ball a little bit on advocating what was, or like presenting the information, but that's one that I think can easily be cleared up. Uh, and so not to then shift the blame back, but it's one of those things where no one ever told me as far as I remember exactly everything. Like I didn't know what Bang was speaking about. So you know, I hear a player saying he can't control his teammates, and I see another interview where another player is saying Bang punishes us, and I put one and one together in my head, and, like, that's the best I can do on the outside. That's fine. I think you did a damn good job. You, you took A and B, and you made C. And the better part is... And, and your I'm, point, so... Yeah, yeah I was going to say, the other thing is, it makes Bang look bad, and I feel really bad because I, I like Bang a lot, um, but it makes the coaching staff look great that they fixed all these non-existent problems. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Thank, hey, we, thanks, we definitely need to move on to the next awesome. call because we're yeah, next. Yeah. 40 minutes yeah. into the show and we've taken one call. But, uh, Pat, any any final thoughts? Sorry we couldn't really do the comparison between Piglet and Bang too well, but... Uh, no, no, it's fine. Yeah, sorry. Um, I don't think so. Just shout out to Mark's mom for getting him nice sweaters. Nice. Shout I don't wear them mom. for Travis. Thanks. My mom told me you can't wear these for Travis. Thanks so much for calling in. Thanks, man. Okay. On yeah. to the next caller. Man. Usually oh. I would take the chance to shit on TL, but not with that question. I can't do it. Big Drew, 9288. Thank you for the two months. And Schleppard, thank you for the 23 months. Really appreciate it. Hello. Hello. Uh, we got Maximus Aries here. Maximus, where are you calling from? Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I think EG can beat C9 if Kumo goes even with Flicker. EG can beat C9 if Kumo goes equal with Licorice. Whiskey <laughs> uh, drops Keck W. Yeah, that's what I'm about. That's what I'm about. Yeah, <laughs> uh, okay, why do you do you think that all the other lanes are about equal? Yeah, I think that mid jungle. Uh, I think Blabber's better early game and Nisky's, Nisky's better late game. But uh, flip that, so Svensson's better late and Chizuke's better early. Uh, bot lane, I think, is pretty close. And so I think the main thing that C9 can punish is top. And so if uh, Kumo can kind of negate that, I think it's more coin flip than people are giving it credit. What do you think about just the overall like team fight, decision-making? Like Obviously, the, the lanes measure up that way in your scenario, but it feels like there's a lot more to it than just like who goes there. Cause I feel like a lot of the decisions that uh, cloud nine makes that are winning are, are these kind of moments of, I don't know, just decisions that you have to make in the late game, for instance. Yeah. I think that C and I makes good macro decisions, but I think EG's made some good ones lately as well. And I think that's mainly as they've grown together as a team. Like I know C9 boot camped in Korea and I know EG did too, but I think their communications just initially started off at different plates this and now that eg is a lot closer in my opinion it's skill mashups become a lot more precedent it's like i think bang out team fights Sven late game and i think jizuke can land a couple of crazy flanks and eg can win a couple of games and it's not crazy i think those things happen and eg wins three mark i'm gonna oh, throw to you first, first before, before artemis yeah yeah because i want you to oh uh, no i think that is excellent analysis <laughs> i think um how to put this? I think Kumo being able to handle Licorice is very important for EG not losing. 
But I think, you know, to win, it's going to come a lot more down to the, for me, I would expect the mid lane. Um, Jizuke got hard focused, it felt like, by uh, FlyQuest. I think he got ganked like three or five times in the first two games or something. And it felt like there was a clear focus of Jizuke is their engine, shut down Jizuke, and everything else will be easier. Um, didn't quite work out in that series, but I think C9 has more parts around them uh, where if that did happen, they would struggle a little bit more. Um, so I'm thinking that, yes, Kumo has to be able to stack up 1v1 versus, versus Licorice in the series, but if they're going to win, it feels like the best way is usually controlling Niski. And Niski was totally uncontrolled in his series. Um, and so I, I would... For me, on the outside, I think controlling mid lane for EG is their biggest priority. Uh, and they can win without that happening, as we saw in the FlyQuest series. But it was a tough series because of that, I think. And there was a Baron Steel in Game 1. Game 3 and 4 were super, super close as well. Is it my turn? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so... <laughs> you know? Yeah, is this uh, the actual coach of the team? I mean, so Mark, what, what I assume... Uh, hang on, well, I want to I wanna force a conversation here. Mark, I assume you think uh, Cloud9 wins the match against EG. Yes. Okay. So, Artemis, why would Mark be wrong? I mean, and how confident are you going up against C9? Extremely confident. Uh, just, I'm kind of memeing. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to... Like, okay... What can I say about this? So I will say both of our games so far against Cloud9 this year have been pretty disappointing for me. Uh, I didn't feel like we really got a chance to show what we can do. I didn't feel like we could show how well we stack up against Cloud9. So I'm very excited for the series because we can actually show what we can do. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a coach difference. I think if we win, it's going to be on draft. And I'm not, not going to get into any uh, strategy or anything. Yeah, I mean, that's that's always... Like, I, I, I can't talk about it, right? So it's just, it's just going to be draft going to be 3-0... I don't know. What do, what do you want from me? Uh, so on the caller's point, at least, and I know this is also in that kind of strategy realm that a coach never wants to talk about before. I a can't, series. Yeah, we, I can't talk. It sucks, but I can't talk about it. Yeah, I would ask at least maybe this is a good enough way. Uh, I can't ask what matchups you think is the most important because that's kind of maybe tipping your hand. But uh, at least like with the caller saying, mm. nope, not even that. You can't even I say. Can, I can, sure. I mean, I can give them some context. Like, I think these are points that people have talked about generally all season. Like, for example, uh, this was back in like week one or week two, maybe even preseason. I think I was on record saying that a lot of how well we would do this season would be uh, live or die based on Kumo. If Kumo turned out to be a top laner who could compete with the best tops in the league, I thought we'd be one of the best teams in the league. And if it turned out he couldn't, then I didn't think we'd be able to compete. And I'm very pleased with Kumo. I think he has shown he can compete, and I think that we've shown that we can compete. And I'm confident that he'll show that this weekend against Cloud9. Um, I think we also talked about the mid lane matchup where Jazuke against Niski. I think that's a big point of strength for both teams. Niski is a kind of guy who's just trying to be uh, Doinby, like everything from his champion pool to his summoner selection to his playstyle. It's um, kind of crafted around that, and I think he prides himself in that way. And Cloud9 loves to use Niski's pressure to affect the map, right? So a lot of what we have to do is going to be based around controlling Niski. And similarly, you know, they've seen what Jazuke can do. They understand how he plays, and they have a, a tall task ahead of them in shutting him down. So I think that this series is going to be exciting. I think both teams have a lot of different jobs to do. I think we have a lot of threats. I think they're going to have a hard time handling us, and I think we're going to have a hard time handling them. Um, this should be... Uh, definitely a good series. I'm expecting it to go deep. And yeah, I, I'm excited for this series for sure. I've been looking forward to this series all season. Back even from 
I think week one, week two. Yeah, I I, I knew that this would be, uh, you know, the finals. Yeah, I know that it won't be the finals, but it's going to feel like the finals. What? Okay, uh, one thing we forgot to mention that did come out this week, Mark, is All Pro uh, actually oh. came out this week, and we. I don't know if we have any calls or takes on that, but I will say you feel as though Kumo can step up against Licorice. Licorice got first in the All-Pro, or first team All-Pro. I don't think Kumo was, was on any of the three. So what gives you the confidence that Kumo can show up against Licorice? I didn't say Lick Kumo would do it. I said the only way he would win is if Kumo did it. I was talking to Artemis. I think Licorice is... Oh, sorry. Oh, can you repeat the question? I, like, <laughs> that was so good. The question is, Licorice first place in all team. Kumo yes. didn't make top three. So yes. why are you confident that Kumo can measure up against Licorice? So your evidence is the opinions, the anecdotal opinions of these experts that did this uh, this balloting system and these experts. Artemis, put, I'm going to give uh, you, I'm gonna be honest with you. My this, all... is, this is your argument, Travis. My, I'm saying my argument this is, is always argument. based off of so. the... the the knowledge of the people who understand the That's game more than me. That's a pretty weak argument, Travis. But I will say, uh, I think Kumo can stand up to Licorice. Uh, I do think he has a talent for that. And I think we've been working with him all year to kind of build him up to the point where he feels like, he feels like he's ready. And it's going to be up to Kumo. I think if he comes in the series with confidence, I think he can stand toe-to-toe with Licorice. I think he's just got to believe that himself. Uh, that being said, Licorice is the best top in the league. He's a phenomenal player. Cloud9 is a phenomenal team. And we we got our work cut out for us. Uh, Mark, are you gonna you want to pull a a all pro caller, or should we just talk about it now? Since I didn't, I haven't seen anyone geeking out about all pro. I actually, Artemis, this was it one sounds of... as though you don't believe that all pro is a very serious thing. I'm no, honestly, I honestly you're you to just it. You gave me such an easy way to attack your point. I just had to take it. Yeah, it's pretty funny just because <laughs> every year, like. It's become tradition to just like witch hunt someone in the all pro voting, and it's yeah. so funny. <clears throat> who was it this time? Uh, it, was it was somebody some... put. Oh, who was it? It was some journalist for. Um, oh, fuck yeah, she so, put Bjergsen for th- first, second, and third all yeah, yeah, pro. Yeah. Like wait, it was you could put Bjergsen for more than one. It doesn't count. It's the same as like fuck not it. putting someone in, but yeah, you can technically put in like names. Yeah. Uh, so to Artemis's point. <laughs> <laughs> when that when that constitutes some of the voting, it's pretty easy <laughs> to to attack. Uh, yeah, I think it's a funny. I think it's funny. All right, dumbass. Well, uh, me Maximus, someday first. Ha! Yeah, God, Mark. What Maximus, any final thoughts? Uh, no. I hope it's a fun series because I like the League of Legends. I me think too. it could be fun. Have Thanks, a good one. All right, on to the next caller. We got John G three six five. Thank you for the ten months. Any other, any other subs? Love to see some Twitch primes in the chat. Uh, in, how are you how are you handling quarantine, Artemis? Terribly, absolutely awful. I, I was doing really well for the first three weeks. I was crushing it, and now it's just it's catching You're up to me, man. Happen fever. I mean, this is the first time I did my hair in what two weeks? I don't know. It's all for- Thank, Thank you. I appreciate that. Terrible. But yeah, I'm just living life on my balcony, wishing I could go out for a beer or something. Like, I just want to go I mean, sit outside and drink a beer with my friends, man. Like, uh, yeah, it's tough. I guess that's actually true. 
In California, I don't think you can drink anywhere outside unless it's at a restaurant. So you can't do you can't do shit with friends. Yeah. You're, I mean, I'm taking social distancing very seriously. I've been isolating for three weeks. Yeah. So the only person I've seen is my roommate, and like sometimes like I drop things off at players' rooms or they they pick things up from my room. But yeah, I've been pretty serious about this. Like I've got two parents that are in their 60s that I hope to see. Before this year's out, like I don't want to catch it myself. So yeah, yeah. I've been taken seriously. Yeah, uh, I think I spent Shout the most time outside today that I have in like three yeah. weeks, and it yeah. was just doing laundry and like walking to my laundry unit and back. It's so important. Like I've just been standing outside in the sun on my balcony these past few days. It's it's been better. Yeah, I went but, for yeah. a walk. It was nice. Shadowing is here. Shadowing, yeah. where are you calling from? I'm calling from Brazil, actually. Brazil. Uh, hey. Not sure you guys ever had a Brazilian caller. We definitely have, but it's very rare. So what do you want to talk about? Uh, my take uh, was about the dig situation and mm -hmm. how I, I, I think that uh, teams in NA do not plan, not, not all teams, obviously, but uh, most some teams do not plan ahead when signing players and usually uh, uh, prioritize signing big names over signing something that will make sense uh, with, within the roster. So the the big situation and time traveling back to the off season, uh, it seems to me that uh, from the start they signed Huni because it was Huni and it was a big name that was already on clutch uh, slash dig, uh, and they did not have a clear plan on how to proceed after that. They kind of scraped the the roster. It seems like they were uh, fighting for. Uh, who would be because they didn't have uh, enough money after the uh, Huni buyout, uh, not a buyout, sorry, uh, Huni contract. And I wanted to talk about EG actually also because I think EG did something uh, right uh, in the offseason uh, that was the opposite of, of what they uh, did because they had the, the whole talk about Chovy being the... Uh, the mid laner they wanted, and they end up with Jizuke, and everyone uh, uh, criticized them for Jizuke. But Jizuke right now plays the same role that uh, Chovy would play, in my opinion. Uh, so it was good team. that they picked up. So the Jizuke pickup was worth it, even though he was not like a. It filled the same name. role yeah. in some sense, right? Yeah, not not that he is the. He is as good as Chovy, but he's doing the same thing that Chovy would be doing uh, gotcha. in the ecosystem of the team. And that is planning uh, uh, the what the roster would be before you sign the players. Yeah, so they, first they off... Jizuki didn't have a, a good split for uh, they, he came to EG. Gotcha. It works really well, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. So here's... Uh, so interesting situation. First off, I always love it because I always want like Artemis was like, I want callers who will be critical of EG. No, nobody ever wants to say anything uh, bad about the teams <laughs> of the people that are calling in. It's always just like, too sweet. I think this team is so great. Um, so well, he did finish second. So at this point, like being critical of EG now is going to look so. a little it's silly for true. most people, but. I mean, somebody could call it and say that they think EG doesn't deserve second. I feel like somebody could make that argument. I anyway. mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure if you if you ask someone to, they'll call in and do it. But yeah. but uh, so let's talk about this. One, so there's two points. One, NA GMs just are picking 
talent based off of name and recognition rather than what they can actually, you know, rather than perhaps going a little bit more in depth on it. And two, that Jazuke is a representative of the opposite where you guys picked up a player who people didn't have a lot of faith in but managed. So first off, do you think NA GMs in general have this problem where they, they pick big names and sign them into multi-million dollar contracts and then have to let them try to find something within the first split? Hmm, let's see. Do I want to flame the entire class of NA GMs or not? That's the question. I mean, shots going the on all the different owners. Yes. So. The answer is yes, right? So, okay, the answer they is yes. They don't write your checks, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think that there can be a problem in NA with GMs lacking the necessary level of expertise to make informed decisions. I think that's true across the board. And I don't think that that's even arguable. So then what happens is the GMs take like their lieutenants or like their group of people that they trust, that they listen to, their opinions that they, you know, uh, count highly, and they'll take these opinions, they'll synthesize them, and then they'll go out and they'll make acquisitions. Um, they also have their CEO or their board or whoever, people above them kind of like whispering in their ear, like, hey, fucker, like, Hoonie's still not signed. Like, <laughs> you, don't you want to sign Hoonie? You know, and like, you they're, that they're during saying, the like, offseason, Armas? Hooney has 2 million Twitter followers, you know, you know and they're kind of just like nudging you a little bit. And so the, the GM is getting close to that two at different, all. Yeah, the, yeah, of course. Of course. I'm your, sure your does. CEO and, and executives uh, put that pressure on you. I'm just speaking generally. Okay. Okay. Just uh, curious. Anyway, yeah, just just Nick, Nicole but, wasn't there. Travis. You know, <laughs> I didn't say names. Anyway. I didn't say names. So I'm anyway, just curious. So, yeah. So I, I think any GM around the league is where he's getting pulled from two different directions, one by his players and one by the people above him. Cause each stakeholder has different things that they view as the highest uh, importance, right? So uh, big name players, they have draws for different reasons. Like CEOs and executives love them because they have big brands. They can, you know, garner revenue, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And coaches like them only if they're good. So I think that there are times where a player has both a big brand and is also skilled. And I think Huni is one of those players. Okay, so a, a lot of people initially came out and said, Huni is old, Huni's washed up, Huni doesn't deserve an LCS contract, he's not a star. Uh, I disagree with those points. I think Huni's absolutely a star. I think Huni's absolutely a talent, and he's worth a considerable amount of money. Uh, you know, I don't have access to Dignitas financials. Um, I don't know if he was worth the figure that they gave him. Um, but again, he's worth different things to different teams, right? Based on you know how they attribute value. So Dignitas clearly felt Huni was very valuable, and they quickly figured out that either he wasn't, or their financials changed, or the situation changed around them. Probably a combination of all three, with maybe a bit of emphasis on the latter two, especially the situation with COVID and the global pandemic. I think that's um, adding a lot of context to why they decided to move away from Huni. Um, but I definitely understood why they did it in the moment. I think I had bigger questions around their other decisions. But signing Huni is something that I actually agreed with at the time. Um, also, I think the thing, too, is a player who was able to negotiate themselves a fat salary, it's kind of yeah. hard to be like, why did you negotiate? Why were you so good at this <laughs> negotiating thing? You know, yeah, you should, know. you should blame the team, right? It's not the player's yeah. fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, uh, that I can understand. Uh, I can also somewhat understand... I'm not saying this is even true because, like you're saying, we don't know Diggs' financials. So, but like yeah. the idea that Huni demanded so much money that they couldn't sign anyone else good—that's bullshit. Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah. Like to, to be honest, that's just bullshit. There's no chance that that's true. Well, also because people were a lot of people were pretty hyped on Dig, at least being a playoff-bound team. They thought. Uh, Ooh. 
I don't remember reading that. I thought everybody said they were going to be ninth, tenth. Everybody was shitting on Duke. What? I thought the the big people things that Golden people Guardians were shitting. was supposed to be last Golden place. Guardians and IMT that, okay, that's, that's the true. big two that people were shitting on. Yeah. And then yeah. from there, it was this kind of mix of Dig, 100 Thieves, CLG, and even EG were like kind of the ones that people yeah, didn't know if they would work you know, out or gate, not. Right. Immortals and Dig looked really good. So people were like really hype on Dig within the, fir with the first two weeks, right? Did like, they actually look good or were they winning games? Like They like were that, winning games? A, thank you, Mark. Because they didn't look good. They were winning games. And we games are look good this is for you mark as somebody who actually knows something about the game wait you have a responsibility mark you cut out like a little bit i don't know if you were oh. you cutting out for travis too yeah you were cutting out a little i think he was just getting so, so hyphy that he so was I getting like, the, 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 the I, that's, I liked it so just say it again but hopefully it doesn't cut out <laughs> uh i said that they were winning games they weren't looking good and that we were losing games and looking good and i also said fuck you mark because you have a responsibility to actually watch the quality of the games because you know what you're looking for. You and probably both. Mark, carry torch. Mark, Dude. do you think EG was looking good in the first two weeks? Because I feel like well, I it looked like they weeks. had no idea what was going on. Uh, Can we say four weeks? First four weeks? Jizuke looked very, very hot and cold. And we have a caller coming up about my opinion on EG over the course of the season. So I'll, I'll okay, move okay. off EG. Dignitas. Dignitas, the problem was the games did not look that high quality, but we were running with a number of assumptions about their opponents. Ah, Because okay. uh, they beat gotcha. TL. And this was before we realized oh, TL was dog shit. Okay. So okay. when you go back and look at their quality of wins, I, I forget who, it was CLG, it, it was... Oh, it was Team Liquid, you're, oh, you're fucking right. It was Team Liquid, it was oh, CLG, shit. and they had one other opponent that I think was supposed to be good. It might have been TSM. Um, okay. Hang and on. so, I, if I remember correctly, a lot they, of the reason I wanted to like think oh, they, that they, they were, beat us, they beat us, they beat EG and Dignitas, and you were great, was, right? And, and we were supposed to be great. We we yeah. weren't then. We I were supposed to be. <laughs> I heard. Uh, I heard just now that you were losing, but looked great. So. Okay. All right, maybe I, and that's when. So, that so you lost the team. I, <laughs> let's figure this out. As a, as, can I say somehow some Dig looked great? terrible like, while beating you, and you looked great while losing yeah. to that? Take me out of context, all right? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, your points do work against each other a little bit. I think minor thing. I actually love your your Twitter. It's like randomly really spicy, and like yeah. all all the things you say either come out like. Everyone taking it like three months later and being like, what yeah. a fucking idiot. Or like, <laughs> look at how right he was. It's like, your takes are always like that way. Where it's, That's the it's, point, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's by design. And yeah, yeah. sometimes it's uh, a little bit too effective. Yeah, so, so either way, I don't even remember what this call is about. But yeah, uh, Dignitas uh, can, beat a bunch I of... Can I add something? Uh, yeah. Coming back to the big point that you said that uh, it is bullshit that they didn't have money to, to build the roster and... I completely agree. I never said that they didn't, but it seems like they didn't have the they didn't have a clear plan on what to do after signing mm. Huni, mm. and it was sort of a. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think it was bad management to let go of players that they did let go. Like think about just their bottling. Cody, mm. who went to hundred thieves and is playing super mm. well right now, and Vulcan that that went to Cloud Nine and is. I mean, Cloud9 right now is yeah. super hot. And so I, I think that they were kind of forced into that position because they uh, used so much money on Huni. They they 
they were forced to let go of players like Vulcan for uh, to balance things out uh, uh, for because I, I believe that Vulcan's deal was pretty high uh, amount of money for Vulcan also, right? Yeah, it's a bit of a difference in that the buyout for Vulcan was really high, whereas Huni's mm -hmm. salary was a thing that was very high. But yeah, yeah. in both situations, you have two teams spending a lot of money to field players. I mean, uh, uh, go ahead, Mark. Oh, so I was gonna say, transitioning a little bit to the the actual move now, more so than just the signing as well. Uh, it is a really weird one to me. Um, not just because I think Artemis made a good point about the financial situation maybe changing with the whole COVID nineteen situation and and whatnot. But outside that point, it does reflect, I feel like, a little strangely on an organization because when you sign a two-year contract that's pretty big, you're kind of saying, this is our guy. Yeah. And then, sure. you know, three months later, you're saying, no, he's not. Yeah. Um, and on the one hand, I don't feel like sticking to your word when you're proven wrong is any better. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's yeah. not like, hey, we got a... Let's just run yeah, it back, for, you know, for, for that price point too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, it's one of those ones where I, I just, yeah. If I was put in that situation, it's a pretty tricky situation. I'd just be shaking yeah. my head like, "Fuck." Well, <laughs> I think yeah. What's important sure. to note, by the way, is that we don't know if Hooney's going to leave Dig yet because no, if they can't yeah, find sure. a buyer for him, so. But you don't you don't make him available if you're happy. It's not no, no, that's true. That's true. true. But but you Travis, you might make him available also if you can't like talking about the the pandemic stuff like mm. I do think so Harris Blitzer which is the ownership group behind Dignitas tried to cut salaries of a bunch of people and then there was a big public outcry and they went back on it. But guess where there might not be a public outcry if they try to <laughs> Esports expenses, right? So yeah, a quick million bucks here or there we, off the books. Yeah. We have evidence that the ownership group here is trying to save money during this time, which makes sense because they own sports stuff that you can't run mm -hmm. and operate right now. So mm -hmm. there's a whole another discussion that would be makes makes sense to have on the show at some point in time about like what the financial implications are right now of mm. of the pandemic. Oof. But yeah, I I do plan. wonder. There's a lot of also questions around what Huni's salary situation is if it's guaranteed versus if it's not a little bit of a rumor i've heard is that it's somewhere in the middle where where he might not get the full payout of everything that they owe him uh, but also they might have to pay a ridiculous sum of money in order to get him out of that contract that would make sense and so sense. And, and so you can kind of see how on the hooney camp they would claim like Oh, it's guaranteed. Um, and then on the dig camp, they would say it's not because the the truth is kind of somewhere in the middle where it's like a shit ton of money that they would have to pay out. But anyway. I know some contracts recently have had signing bonuses. Um, so maybe part of the whole idea that it was guaranteed money was that like, hey, just with signing with us, you get, I don't know, 500K right now. And then that'll be prorated out of your first year salary or whatever, your second year salary or I don't know. Right. I think that there's a, a certain period of time that is guaranteed to him if they... This is, again, just, the, a, just a rumor. I'm not reporting it because this is just like the... Well, you're not a journalist. So you need, you don't need to make these clarifications. I, I'm not a journalist. I also don't know how to interview. Anyway, um, so that's just that's just what's going on there. I, I really quickly want to touch on because we're, we're running out of time here, but 
I really quickly want to touch on the second part, Artemis, which is just was signing Jazuke this big brain decision that EG made because you guys were like, well, we're going to take this down and out Italian that's down on his luck and bring him here and uh, have him destroy everybody in starting week five. Yeah. So I, I got to give a, a lot of credit to our general manager, Andrew Barton. I think Andrew was one of the first pieces that EG uh, uh, took. Andrew and I actually worked together last year. Uh, clutch gaming but andrew was i think the first in the door at eg as far as people with expertise at least league of legends expertise and he very quickly started making moves to get assets because eg came into the league with zero assets zero player assets coach assets anything any front office assets nothing so he and had andrew to, came from from clutch last year right correct we worked together at clutch yeah so he uh worked with cloud nine got us some talent got some assets on the book so we could actually start recruiting more players and you know, yeah, you know, Chovy, blah, blah, blah. We were going for a lot of big names. Some of them are rumored. Some of them never came out. Um, but yeah, Jizuke, I think, was almost Andrew's, uh, I, I can't say soul, because I'm not sure who else came on board and kind of helped him with that decision-making process. But Andrew saw a guy who was a top three mid laner in LEC in 2018. It was Caps, Perks, and Jizuke in 2018. Those were like the big three. 2018 Vitality, I don't know if you guys remember them at Worlds, but they were an exciting team. Like, Jizuke is, is a talented mid laner. Nisky <laughs> XDs in chat. <laughs> anyway, um, so you know, Jizuke had a very down year in 2019. He performed badly. Vitality performed badly. He looked like one of the worst mid laners to the point where nobody in LAC was even going to give him a shot. Uh, maybe he had a couple offers, but I don't think they were with teams that he felt could be competitive. Um, and I think that when he started talking with EG, he felt that we would have a competitive roster. So he was excited to come play for us. We were excited to, to play with him. Uh, we, we sort of thought he was a player that had a really high upside, uh, but also had a lot of downsides to them too. So there was a lot of variance in that pick. I think we took a little bit of a gamble, but it was uh, I think it was a necessary risk, and it was a risk that we're very happy with. Yeah. Hey, Shadow, any final thoughts before we move on to a break? Uh, not really, just that uh, I think it's super insightful to hear from Artemis uh, the thought process behind that because... I, I always found that uh, from the start, I was super skeptical about Jizuke. Uh, I mm. thought it, would, it was a bad move at the start, mm. and I was proven wrong during the split, really. <laughs> so uh, it's yeah. it's really interesting to hear how, how it was, because for me, that that is a, a, a an example of good management, of knowing mm. what you mm. want for your team, uh, and going for that, and not necessarily the big names, because yeah. you could have gone for just a another big Korean name that it has a completely different playstyle than Jizuke, and it probably mm -hmm. wouldn't work as well, uh, at least with the playstyle they have now. So. Hey, thanks so much for the call, Shadow. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Okay. Thanks for having me. Shout out to, to everyone. Shout out to Alien Alienware. And see you guys. Let's have yeah. a good show. Thanks. All right. We're going to take a quick break right now to talk about Alienware. This thing came in the mail today. Podcast listeners, I'm sorry, I'm holding up a big monitor, but so this is their new uh, monitor that just hit 25 inch, 240 hertz, IPS display, true uh, one MS refresh rate. Uh, really fantastic uh, monitor, and it fits with their new lineup um, of of gear and the legend design that they've been uh, sort of unveiling over the past year and a half, I believe. And uh, really fantastic. So if you want to play Valorant, make sure you head over to Alienware.com slash Travis and get yourself one of these babies. Probably going to do a little bit of piece of content on it. But 
The other thing, Twitch chat and VOD viewers, did you know that right now Alienware, this is completely true, they went and bought, I've got to quote this, I've got to quote this line. We are giving away, this is from an email, we are giving away literally thousands of codes over the next two weeks. They're giving away uh, hex tech chests and skins. And I'm going to give you guys a link right now. It's, it's bit.ly slash TGI fiddle. Because they're, I think the fiddlestick skin is one of the biggest things. I'm putting it in chat. I'm also going to put it in the uh, the, disc, the the YouTube video. Or I'm going to send it to the person who, uh, who will put it in the YouTube video right now so I don't forget. Um, but yeah, it's slash TGI fiddle. I, you can go sign up right now for a chance to get a... Cause get, and by the way, the chances are really good because they're giving away thousands of these things. A fiddle skin and hex, te- uh, hex chest right now. A new chance every day till April 15th. Sign up today and start earning rewards. So go sign up over at uh, bit.ly slash TGI fiddle. Literally, hex chests, fiddlestick skins, thousands of stuff. So go check it out. Uh, please please do that for me. It's a huge, huge help. Um, and and let's put it this way. It, you guys would be doing me a huge favor if just they saw tons of people go in and enter this giveaway right now. I want to show them that you guys do that. So... You're not going to do it for the the chest. You're not going to do it for the. Uh, you're not going to do it for the the thing. Do it for me, right? I, I really appreciate it. Thanks. Shout out to Alienware for sponsoring us. People are all spamming. Can we get C9 Jack on call? What does Jack want to talk about? Uh, he hasn't said any. I don't see him saying he wants to get on the call. Just the Cloud Nine account saying get Jack on the call. If, uh, hey Travis, you know if Alienware is officially pro hashtag cat for Kobe or against? I can't like, hear you, Mark. Where do they land? I can't hear you. Um, Jack, Jack, Jack says keep, click on the link now and sign up. Do it to keep Travis Gafford's lights on. Thank you. But Jack is. Do you know uh, if if Jack sorry. wants to call in, that's fine. I, I just think ask, it's, you know. I was just gonna say. I just think the only my concern with having Jack on is what he did to Nate Shot. Um, I just think it's so He's reprehensible. That he would bully Nate Shot that way. Um, Unbelievable. My other, my, uh, do you know if if Alienware is pro cat for Kobe or against? Do they have official stance? I can't hear you, Mark. Uh, do you want to grab the next caller? I feel like I'm talking pretty clearly into my microphone. <laughs> uh, um, Mark, for some reason you're breaking. Could you just go grab the next caller? Uh, JD, uh, JD, thank you for the prime. Hugh Canley, thank you for the five months. Iceman1986 for the Prime, Kiwi Mullet Boy for 26 months, CW5 Inheritor, thank you for the two, and Ronald Dinho, thank you for the 19 months. Fuck. Really appreciate it. Yeah, Jack doesn't like, Jack never, I think, actually wants to come on Hotline League. He just likes to troll in the Twitch chat. That's actually the difference, I think. Yeah, it's that's usually my can... MO2, actually. What'd you say? Yeah. That's usually my MO. Yes. You know, Niski, has he ever called in, despite how much he's here? I think Niski was on a show. He's done the show, but he's never called in as a chatter. No, I don't think so. Uh, we got Cone here. Cone, where are you calling from? I'm from Australia. Australia. Nice. Another international caller. How are things going in Australia? Uh, it's not too bad with the whole disease stuff. Um, we're, we're in lockdown at the moment, but mm. it's really not got anywhere near as bad as America or even most of Europe. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's bad, as bad anywhere as it is in, in Europe right now, but or sorry, in, uh, in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Cohen, what do you want to talk about? Uh, My take is that unless this C9 team is significantly tested throughout the rest of the playoffs, uh, we're probably witnessing the most dominant single split in the history of the LCS. But um, 
Unfortunately, the situation with the coronavirus will probably unfairly put a bit of an asterisk on this um, on this split for them. Why do you say it'll put an asterisk? Just because of the whole like extenuating circumstances playing online, mm-hmm. especially with playoffs being online as well, more mm-hmm. more than anything else. Um, I feel like people will just look back on this split and think, you know, oh, this was the this was the Corona split with, you know, everything was different that split. Mm. So, tr- I mean. It is different, but like Artemis, I'd love to hear from you. Do you think that teams are playing different because they're not playing on stage? Of course. I think, of course, teams are playing differently. Uh, I don't think it's by a, a big factor. It's, you know, very, very small percentage points. Like I'd say they're marginally playing differently. Um, so, and everybody's dealing with the same situation. So in that way, it's fair. Um, or at least it's equal, right? But I think that's a big concern for me. That was, a, I'm sure it's a big concern for everybody. Um, yeah, you don't want to hear people discredit Cloud9 for the work they did. I think that they had a fantastic split. Um, is it the most dominant split we've seen in NA? I might have to agree with you. I might have to agree with the caller. I think that just as far as the quality of their wins, I'm not sure we've seen a team um, win so convincingly in the majority of their wins. I, I think probably 90% of Cloud9's wins look exactly the same, and that's pretty impressive. So uh, it is a yeah. shame because I, I think you're right. I think people are going to look back at this year and say, oh, well, it was just, yeah, it was the Corona split. Like, imagine if Cloud9 loses, right? Like, I think it's even going to be worse if Cloud9 loses. At least if they win, people will say, okay, like, let's try not to take any credit away from them. What they did is still amazing. Like, let's just give it to them. But imagine if they lose. Like, let's just say for the sake of the argument that EG beats Cloud9, like, instantly everybody's like oh it was corona like if this was a real split cloud nine never would have lost blah 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 so i think it's kind of a lose lose um if cloud nine wins they get discredited if they lose the the winner gets discredited but um yeah this is still lcs the the games are still hard the players are still giving it their everything so um despite it feeling a bit differently i do think it's just as difficult to win it's not any easier that's for sure um, so yeah, no discredit from Cloud9. What they did is is fantastic, and if they win online, it's no easier than winning offline. That's for sure. Hey, I don't mean I, to put you on the spot, but really quickly, uh, talking about playing online, Jazuke in an interview mentioned to me that the players were lagging in that last game that mm-hmm. you guys played. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you comment on that? Was it was it bad? Sure, it's playable. Um, both teams reported instances of lag during that match. Uh, I think that the FlyQuest actually paused for lag at one point, not a bug, but for actually lag. I, I don't think we ever paused for lag, but we definitely felt it. We felt it was playable because we we didn't pause for it. I think it might have been FPS or maybe packet loss. I'm not too sure exactly. But the the lag that was experienced was actually not related to the, the pauses uh, and the, the remake. Gotcha. Actually, I think the second pause was lag, but the, the first pause was a, was a bug. Yeah. yeah um, that was a flash bug, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, that brought me up a, another point that I was going to ask something else, but about the flash bug. Um, mm. Do you want to explain what the bug was, Mark or Artemis, first so that people have context? I think Artemis might actually have better insight than me. I was told a general idea of what it was. Yeah, Zazel's like hex flashing while Bang's Callista ulting and, and the game just breaks. Uh, he can't flash anymore. His flash is grayed out. It's up. So his flash is just gone. Uh, Zazel has no flash anymore. It's gone. So we have to try and chrono break. Um, chrono break is difficult because we actually, that happened mid fight, and there's abilities flying around, abilities are being used, abilities are on, cooldown, off cooldown. And when you're trying to chrono break, 
uh, like while abilities are literally happening, like it's it's messy. You know, I didn't make the Chrono Break. I have no idea how it works, but I'm sure there's a lot of spaghetti inside, and I think that it's challenging <laughs> to Chrono Break during a team fight. Um, but they did their best. Uh, yeah, that's such a challenging situation. I, I think. So yeah. I, can, I can comment a little bit on that. They sure. they have what sure. they call you know using a sports euphemism a dead ball state, and they yes. try and go back yes. to the, the latest dead or the the most recent dead ball state that they can find. Yes. And I know a lot of people in the Reddit threads were kind of like, "Holy shit, Bang should have died there." Um, yeah. And the reason they go back to a dead ball state is because of the bug. You don't actually know, like, maybe Bang thought Zazel was going to do something that would have helped him. Or maybe the communication is just fucked up. And instead of people being like, hey, Bang, don't walk there. Bang is instead, you know, hearing about, hey, my flash isn't working. Can we get a pause? Oh, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, like everything suddenly goes down. So that's why Riot goes yeah. back to a dead ball state. And that's why... Mm -hmm you see things where it's like bang was hundred percent dead to bang is fine. And now they won that team fight. And right. it's I, yeah, they try their best, right? Like I think if riot, like, like even let's say they could chrono break to exactly the point where like bang died, like that, that would, I think obviously be optimal if you could chrono break to the, the legit, the second, um, that it happened. But of course that can't happen. And they had to go back a bit before, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, like Zazel was even talking in chat. Um, like we lost more on the version broadcast saw than the bug version. Uh, which is definitely interesting. And yeah, I think there's just, there's no easy solution in that moment because like, if, like, let's say for the sake of the argument that Bang was dead, if there, I have to fix my freeze frame. I really, you don't need to fix it. That's a <laughs> No, great. I like that one. Anyway, yeah. I hate that one. Um, so let's just say for the sake of the argument that Bang was dead without the bug and that we can't fix the game. So if we do Chrono Break, it's Bang is going to survive. Um, and like, what does FlyQuest do in that situation? Like, do they do they want to remake then just because Bang gets to survive? Like, but maybe they had a winning position. Maybe they want to keep it. Like, do we want to remake even if Bang lives? Like, maybe even though Bang lives, like we think we're still in a losing position, and maybe we want to go next game. So it's really difficult to say who the remake actually benefits. It's difficult to say who should be able to call for it. Um, I don't think there's an easy answer. I'm just gonna go with um, I think Riot does the best they can with Chrono Break. Sometimes um, it's not perfect. Yeah, I mean that's the thing too is like the alternatives are usually worse. When yeah, you start. it's like yeah, exactly e make EG play through a bug. <laughs> you know, like that's you can't flash better. the rest of the game. Yeah. Is, I'm sorry, yeah. no more flash, but yeah, like, yeah. We, we, he, obviously he, he can't play the game. So yeah. Uh, before I got off topic, what were we talking about? It was something about oh C nine being dominant. Yeah, uh, we went we went like all these all these calls. We just keep going down the We've rabbit hole. It's good, it's good discussion, but. But it's, it's partly when people are good at communicating, conversations carry themselves. So it's actually not a bad thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, on the topic of how dominant C9 is, there's this actually weird inverse relationship where I think the better you guys do against C9, the more it devalues C9. Yes. And yes, then it definitely. makes you guys look even worse. Because I'm <sighs> like, like, oh, if you guys beat C9, yeah. it's not wild. Well, how no. good... You yeah, exactly. Everybody's like, uh, oh, you know, that's bullshit. Stage yeah. time, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, we, we ran it. If people missed it, uh, I know the pre-show and things like that are still different to people now that we start only 15 minutes beforehand for the countdown. But we ran all of C9's, like, kind of impressive stats. Mm. And they are, like, so much further ahead than any 17-1 uh, team yeah. ever was. Like, they, yeah. it's not a question of the most dominant regular season team. Uh, they looked really good in their first best of five. So I think it's it's pretty fair to say that they are the best team North America's ever made, at least domestically. So if EG can beat them, it's not C9. 
is suddenly bad or we're overhyped. It's EG did something incredible that day. Yeah. And I think that's a great point too. Like part of what makes league special and makes sports special is it's an any given Sunday kind of game. And even if Cloud9 is the best team that League of Legends has ever seen, doesn't mean they can't lose on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean we can't win, right? So uh, regardless of all that, uh, I couldn't be more excited to face Cloud9. And I actually, I love being last year with CG. We were the underdogs, I think, in every series we played. Um, so it's definitely something I'm familiar with. And it's uh, I'm excited about this feeling. I think this whole split, we've been kind of playing to prove people wrong with a chip on our shoulder. But now I think we can kind of play free. We've already been smashed by Cloud9 twice, so there's really like it's not like we can get embarrassed. We've already done that. We've got that out of our system, so <laughs> I'm just excited for for some competitive games. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Hey, uh, Cone, any final thoughts before we move on to the next caller? Uh, no, not really. I just want to say good luck to AJ this weekend. Um, I do think he's seen on a win, but I do want it also to be a really good series because I yeah. think it's just better for the league overall. Well, thanks, man. I'll take that. We'll appreciate it. Thanks so much, Cone. <laughs> thanks. See you guys. See ya. All right, uh, moving on to the next caller. Yeah, sorry about my cam chat. It's fine. I know, guys, but we're, we're dealing with it. It just is the way the world works um, sometimes. Oh, looks like we got our next caller here. The Elite is here. The Elite, where are you calling from? Calling from uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Lexington, Kentucky. Yep. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, I wanted to talk about... Um, essentially how I feel like there's a lot of analysis that seems to be results-based. Like when you look at some of the things that have been said over the course of the split, like EG in the beginning of the split, everyone called them a bottom tier team. Uh, every, after every TSM 2.0 or 0.2, you know, it was flip-flop on how good is TSM. Uh, Dig was rated really highly in the beginning of the split, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so it just kind of seems like um, all the, all the analysis definitely seems to be more results-based and i was wondering if maybe there's something we can do like if maybe there's another show idea where we can deep dive into like team analysis and and how we can actually view a team and how good they are mark this seems like a great great question a thing Absolutely. to talk uh, to you great take Love so this. how come people didn't think tl was terrible right away if this is all results-based analysis well i mean one of one of your things is actually like one of the only things that wasn't results-based analysis was the tl right tl was losing and everyone said well they're going to be good by the end of the split like the only non-results-based analysis that i heard was tl is going to be good by the end of the split and they weren't and what about all the people who in the middle of the split were saying "Ooh, all these teams that are winning right now we're not really convinced by any of them and then you have late season surges by eg and hundred thieves what about was that results-based when that came true I think that's fine when you say that, you know, you there's a big mis, you know, mishmash of teams and it's hard to tell who's good, but I think that's where you need to do like deeper analysis. I think that's what I'm asking for. Uh, yeah, sure. So, but that's not results based then cuz if if it was yeah. results based, I would have been saying Immortals was great. I think we can kind of separate his Yeah, yeah. I'm really yeah, excited about I, this I because yeah. here, here's what yeah. I know. I know that the teams all get frustrated with the, the broadcast uh -huh. talent for their analysis where they flame the teams. And they say, like, oh, man, the, team, the broadcasters all say this stuff. So now we've got Artemis right now, who I think – Artemis, it sounds like you kind of agree with the caller. Uh, I think he has two different points, and he's kind of confusing himself. Or maybe we're getting confused, and it's kind of taking away from his points. Well, go ahead. Yeah, break it down. 
Um, so, like, something that I think is different between casters, hosts, analysts we see, uh, and broadcasts versus people on the team side is, on the team side, we don't really care about, I mean, we do care about people's performance on the weekends, but for us, like, we, we're mostly talking about when we compare players, we're, we're talking about how good somebody actually is. Like, we're talking about, like, their, their true skill, if, if that makes sense. Not, like, how they perform in their one game out of the 22 they play every week, if you play 20 scrims in two stage games, right? So, of course, these casters and these analysts, they only have two games a week. We have 22. So we have a lot more context to, to our opinions. And if anything, we weight scrims higher than we rate stage games because, one, there's more of them. Um, and, and, two, this is where we can kind of control variables and kind of zone in on things we're trying to test, things we're trying to figure out, and things we're trying to improve. So oftentimes the teams are going to put more value in scrims and casters can't even see scrims. So of course they, all of their value goes on stage. And this creates a disconnect between the teams and the public where the teams have inside information just innately. And this information doesn't add up to what the public has, but there's no solution because you, you obviously can't leak scrim results. Um, I mean, you can, so people do it all could. the time. You shouldn't, and we don't. Uh, <laughs> But but anyway, so th so that's the part about like the like the hindsight of the results base. But I think the separate point that I really liked and want to unpack a little bit more is that there's this need for better analytical content in the space, and that's the part of your point that I 100% agree with. Um, like this is kind of what I was talking with with Mark about like earlier. I was kind of giving him shit where like some of our losses at the beginning of the split where we were like smashing the game. Like we're absolutely smashing TSM. We're up like 4K, we're up three dragons or whatever. <laughs> and then like we int once, like we int twice, like we int three times and the game's over in like two minutes, right? And like we went from a ninth, like if you had like running scale of your plus or minus to win the game, like you see in chess, we were at like plus seven, plus eight, right? We're, we're up a fucking rook or a queen and we're a 90% chance to win the game and we lose. And, you know, those losses you could either say are big red flags because they represent some kind of lack in teamwork or you can kind of say, oh, that's like an only where if you play that same game out 10 times, EG probably wins nine, they got unlucky, they lost. So uh, you can kind of think about the quality of wins, the quality of losses, and we do see a bit of this on broadcast, but an idea that I had for a show would be um, like you take two coaches or two analysts and you show them the same clip or, or like the same game, like you should give them the same game state. And then mm -hmm. you give them like the side that you want them to argue. It's like a debate. Like, I don't know if you guys ever did debate in college or something, but you're like given the prompt and you don't get to pick your, your side. You don't get to pick if you agree with it or not. But like we could bring Zabatine and uh, I don't know, Curry on the show. And I could say, okay, Curry, you're hundred thieves, you know, Zab, you're TSM. Like it's 22 minutes. Like I want you to convince me that TSM should be playing for this dragon. Right. And then like the coaches argues for, for a point. And I think like the public will start to see how easy it is for coaches and people who understand just like basics or analysts to, to argue things that may or may not be true, but like you can follow their logic and they can sound right. Like you could show me a game. I could argue for you know, probably 10 different ways to close out the game and probably 99% of people couldn't tell the difference uh, between each tree. So I think something like that would be, yeah, maybe difficult to set up, maybe difficult to get people involved, but yeah, there, you, there has to be some kind of way where people can see these different perspectives. Uh, so I don't want to, there's a lot there and I actually have a lot of rebuttals, but you kind of shot your own point in the foot right at the end there by saying 99% of people wouldn't even know the difference. And you're actually pretty much correct about that. Um, and Riot, and I don't want to speak for all of Riot, obviously, and I'm not the features team and I'm not everyone making decisions, but we have a fan base to 
take into consideration. Mm-hmm. And your content oh, that you're talking gosh. about is targeting 1%, you know? The Dive is an hour-long podcast for people to listen to. We have no visual audio, uh, elements that we can use. We cannot do, you know, we call it The Dive, but realistically, we can't do a fucking VOD <laughs> yeah. review on there yeah, and yeah. have four people talk. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. These are products and they need to be treated like products and they're entertainment with hopefully educational spoon feel feel as well. You know, like you're getting something out of it as well. Um, So in that sense, you know, a lot of what Riot in particular is producing is a consumable for the masses-esque thing. My Morello Nomicon video that I made, which took me forever, by the way, was going to be on Riot initially um, on the broadcast. It was going to be much smaller. It was going to be three minutes with like, three big takeaways and that's how riot products have to work you are in such different constraints working in that company then if i want to just go make a fucking like you're saying this idea that you have um because if you took your idea and made it in a must be digestible-esque way you would do what you're saying with the coaches you would sit them all down you would give the video you would let them break it down and you would probably cut that up into a five minute best of takeaways kind of thing. Um, if you're trying to make it, <laughs> just ruin it. If you're, yeah, if you're trying to make money on it. That's it's what you could do. It. Yeah, if you were trying to make I a product, something, yeah. something you could do is, you know, if you take something like the dive, right, you've got four different people. They all chime in with, with their thing. That's, that's fun content to, to, you know, consume. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at what uh, the crackdown and all that, I mean, they, it, mm-hmm. they just have people mm-hmm. on and they just talk and people just like to listen to them talk. You yeah. could do that, but what they're talking about, uh, the backdrop of what they're talking about is the games. And yeah. you can go into some of that deeper analysis. I don't yeah. think you have to be 100% we're just going to analyze this. I mean, it can be you know a room of three or four guys talking, and then part of what they're talking about is the game too, right? I don't do think it's necessarily – I mean, uh, the dive doesn't doesn't do it on like a, a specific no, – do, do you listen to the dive? Or, or, vo- or like – it's not like a VOD review type. Do you of listen thing, to the dive? Right? I do listen to the dive. We do do that. We do talk specifics sometimes, and we can't do it that much because there's ten games that happen a weekend. We might pick a couple that we really want to get into, as well yeah. as previews of what's going on in global news that needs to get dumped into an hour twenty. Yeah. Um, but like when we were talking about TSM's draft things, we were pointing out the early game versus late game conversation that was a larger one going on, giving our different opinions. I was very strongly in the, I think Pantheon Tilly is great. I don't give a shit that they, they bungled the execution at the end. And we went into that and we talked about how their O2 and 2.0 thing that you're talking about results-based analysis. We're saying it seems to be champ select dependent and we're giving our points about they have a 6.0 win rate on Syndra and you can see that they do this really well on these X champions. And so beyond what you're talking about, like with VOD reviews and stuff, I don't know exactly what you're saying we're not doing when you say oh you could get in depth with a game yeah. so i think, we I, do I think what what you have been doing with the dive like on those specific points is great but then like you also said on the dive you also have to talk about all this other stuff for the for you know an hour mm-hmm. and, and whatever minutes so cut out that extra stuff and just have a show on the deep dives of the specific games or the specific team that you want to go into yeah uh Go make VOD reviews. That's what people do, right? Is there a market for it? That, that's kind of my question because I've always I, wanted to be doing this analytical content. I mean, I there can tell you so many ideas, but the problem for me is like, 
I mean, one, my distribution channels aren't fantastic. Like my YouTube isn't great. My Instagram isn't great. Yeah, but you got to um, like, build them. That's how it goes. Yeah, and like I could leverage EG's distribution channels, but again, like th that's a lot of work and there's like- You can always put a video on my YouTube channel, Artemis, if you want. <laughs> I could always leverage Travis. He's in I, the extended Travis family. Let me throw uh, an Alienware logo on the front of it and yeah. It's, yeah. it's up on YouTube. Yeah, I think um, what bothers me about most of like the VOD review stuff that you see is it's always one person, right? Yeah, and for I sure. Think that can get kind of boring. I mean, I can tell you. Whereas if you have multiple people talking about it, then it gets more interesting. And then I think you can get more views and market it more as a product. So I mean, I'm like, not saying there's there's no audience for analytical content, but the anal but the audience is very small. It usually requires way higher production values if you're doing video. Because that's the yeah. other thing is you can't just talk, yeah, right? You have exactly. to do like, like yeah. You have to do all this stuff where you're splicing in, yeah. like the dive, this show, except like the reason why there's a million versions of this type of show where you've got different people in boxes is because it it's free to produce <laughs> essentially. I'm mean, I have to pay I Mark mean, so, when he invoices well, no, me. I, I always talk about it like the blame game when I did it was five minutes of pretty Dude, tightly packed content. It took that me, show is great, Mark. It took me 20 hours to make a week. Yeah, it's, it was good though. Five minutes like, of content. It was, it was yeah. actually good though. Like, right. And I, I, I think to the caller's point, there has been a turndown on the amount of analytical content in the scene yes. that that was yes. uh, uh, like that going on. But, you know, Riot started doing the Lane Kingdom with the Zale uh, because we wanted to, to do some of that yes. stuff. Um, so the, the eternal struggle to the caller's point is you have this relationship between. And I talk about this whenever I talk about stuff like when I was with offline TV is you have digestibility, virility yeah. and like actual depth of content and those are not working yeah. together well make it a coach debate right like bring on two coaches and make them debate points that they don't agree with like, i mean the thing we you know, I, like that'll I mean, be interesting entertaining and informative at this one of the things we wanted to do was if you watch football with john gruden's like thing where he gets the the player in and they review their own plays with the player like that's an idea that we've kicked around a yeah, lot that, that's awesome too yeah and then guess the realities that come in is the players well, what's will the never schedule. Do it. Yeah. What's the schedule look like? The, the like you're busy. Yeah. Hey, Artemis, middle of the week. No. Fuck off with your actual no job and come come into Riot and do this for probably free or a cheaper yeah. rate than what you yeah. make. You know, like yeah, for sure. These what? See, I would do it because I love it, but players never never would. Not yeah, and so like I think you could get some coaches, and I think like the roundtables and these kinds of larger topics you could definitely do. And I think, yeah. like I said, to the caller's point, there is a a bit of a dearth from where we have been at other points but i think that's more about tackling the realities of and like finding ways to handle all these problems more so than like everyone's results based or you know like a, a somewhat reductionist reason it's usually yeah. actually the behind the scenes reasons that these things yeah. don't happen i yeah, think sure. the the final thing i want to say on this because this was a topic about content that i wasn't able to talk about because mark and artemis were so passionate <laughs> and yet I am the content king. Uh, I I will say when I used to uh, to do stuff over at Yahoo, Emily Rand, who's in the chat, it was always very disappointing to me um, because I would see Emily spend so much time crafting mm. like this really meticulously written article on jungle yeah. pathing or comparing yeah. mm -hmm. these people yeah, and this so like. Great. Yeah, have such smart insight and talk to so many people about this and put that's an amazing article and it would get praise from the people that read it but not very many people would read it then yeah. i would go do a, a stupid interview with peter that had no <laughs> analytical value <laughs> and that would carry our our website for the week so it's just like 
it, it is sad to me because I am uh, just a clown in big shoes and I just dance around and everybody tunes into it. And then the really smart, big brain people, uh, their content doesn't get nearly as much attention. Yeah. So it's just, it's very I saw it. We got a bell curve. So, yeah. Sorry, you go ahead. No, that's it. I was just shit posting. Yeah. Yeah. Go I was ahead. saying. As soon as this conversation started and the, 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 the caller said about lacking analytical content, I just saw Emily type, uh, in chat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Because it's She's out the there, queen. too. Yeah. If you don't think that Emily's Riot is fantastic, you should check it actually, out. Actually, I should, I should totally do this. If Riot is not hitting your needs for what you want out of analytical content to the caller and other people, like, it is out there, I bet. You probably can find it by following people like Emily and when... Kelsey was was doing more content. Um, I mean, I think Kelsey I, still I, tweets about like LPL shit because she can't stop herself. Yeah, like follow <laughs> Artemis on Twitter. Follow the coaches on Twitter. They'll often be like Peter Dunn is always tweeting about other regions. Um, like it's out there. It's it's just a little bit less accessible because it's not coming through the big channels because the big channels have to kind of worry about themselves in, in a sense. Yeah. All right. We're, we've taken way too long. Every time the greatest bait for this show is always just to be like, let's talk about content. And then we spend 30 minutes talking about it because it's, it's our career. The Elite, thank you so much for the call. Any final thoughts? Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, keep up the good work. Also, bring bad stats to the end of game uh, or like the player stats at the end of the game on your broadcast. We're working on it. We, we, got, we got player of the games back or uh, game, what is it called? Post-game breakdowns. Those are back. Offline thing is or the online thing is just a struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Thanks so much right, for the call. Uh, thanks. Bye. See you. Thanks, man. All right. Uh, also, co-streamers are a great place to get the VOD review-esque oh, feel. Yes, co-streams. Speaking of co-streams, if you people in the chat like analytical content and checked out the co-streams, you should do that because there's not a lot of room for that on broadcast. Like Mark's talked about why they're selling a product that they have to make conform to the masses. But if you're somebody who wants like more analytical content, like personally, I think Dominate, I will Dominate, I think he's got great co-streams. Uh, I've watched a few actually, and he says insightful things. Uh, I've seen some of LSS too. LSS sometimes he loses focus a bit too much for my taste, and he ends up just like talking to his chat or doesn't really talk about the game. But if you watch Dom's stream, always talking about the game. 100% of the time, Dom's talking about the game. And if that's what you like, you should check it out. To be fair to LS too, that dude's running on like four hours of sleep every night because he's yeah. just kind of yeah. constantly online. So I, uh, I would all even even some of the smaller streams like uh, Vienna, who's a streamer for Cloud Nine, did a co-stream this past weekend with Diamond, who's the yeah the Academy support, and so it was kind of I mean it's funny because anytime you have a pro player analyzing a game, they always go, "All right, this game's done, uh, it's over, we we <laughs> win like in five seconds," uh, because one person died bot lane in the first three minutes. But well, to be fair, Travis, like the pro players are seeing the effects. Somebody. You're kind of cutting it out, uh, Arnold. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, it's okay. Come well, anyway, back. Anyway, all again. I'm saying is the pro player probably sees a butterfly effect yes. of that play, and he probably knows that the game is actually over. No, Even no, I mean, I wasn't, minutes, like, I wasn't criticizing. Yeah. I was just saying it's oh, funny okay, because okay, you will get almost too much truth at those because they, they just like, yeah, they okay, shut cool, it's been five of, minutes. Yeah. I guess this game is done. I can go. We can turn it off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's the same problem Caster's face when it's like, all right, how does this team get back in the game? Dude, don't. I feel so bad for the casters for the the Cloud yeah, 900 Cloud Nine series. Yeah, every single one of us wishes we could. I mean, like I said, I actually just drew a picture instead of watching the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, right. Shit. 
We've got uh, two more, three more calls to go. We got, we got to move through these quickly. By the yeah. way, thank you to Ronald Den. Oh man, I've been told I don't say this right. Ronald Dino, Ronald Dino eight. Thank you for the nineteen months. CW five inheritor, Snakeed two, and Iris Gray. Thank you for the two months. I'm trying to get some more subs flowing right now, so I can hit nine hundred. Uh, Ashaka is here, or Asaka? Nice flex, Travis. Asaka? Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Where are you calling from? Chicago. Chicago. Nice. How's it going in Chicago? Uh, all right. Just stuck inside, so. Nice. Well, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, just pretty much calling in because I called in, what, a month ago on like week six, predicting that EG would be a top three team. Albeit, I did say that if they brought in, like, if they had Poe Belter or something, but, you know, okay, Jizuke okay. really. Oh, you can't. But Juzuki really turned it around. You can't. So you can't. Like, it, like it was. If was wait. Okay, let's let's back up. Was your take? I was here. I was on. all the way here. I was at a ten. Was your take? I should I should have admitted that, you but should, you shouldn't have said it, man. You had it. <laughs> I, I had to be true. true. You didn't. You didn't say it in 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 Discord when I pulled you for the take. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh no! I thought. Was the whole take yeah, predicated lied, around them getting Poe Belter? It, it was mostly oh, yeah. just like with the way Pulp Belter was playing the first few weeks, okay. like he was basically just one v nineing and like you don't you don't get you get I give you zero credit for this. You don't oh, get to say Pulp I called wasn't it playing the first few weeks. Pulp Belter was playing at home. Uh, was when, playing I, when I when I called in, like he had a couple gotcha. weeks under. Gotcha. Uh, Wait, so I thought you said in the preseason you predicted them to be top. You said week three. I called in a month in. ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, that's I thought my you bad. said you called in week three. No, he said like a month ago. Okay, okay. Week six or something. It was week All right. six. Yeah. Well, yeah. if we're gonna take credit, I mean, come on. I put EG in my top four. I at least had them, and that was preseason. This, this is this is when they were ninth, <sighs> and everybody, everybody, I just remember there was multiple multiple segments where you guys were just predicting like EG was a dumpster fire, more mm-hmm. or less. Mm-hmm. And I, I said they were top three. Attaboy. I mean, I, I lost faith a little bit, but one of the things. I totally believe in their coaching staff the entire time. Even if they, you know, had some struggles, I believe that they were going to yeah. turn around. And by yeah. by week uh-huh. six or seven on the dive, I forget when we did. We did a, a quick one about like who do you think is actually going to rally for playoffs. I said TL probably wouldn't, and I said Golden Guardians because Kobe already said EG, and that was my other one. And that's that's on record, you know. So, yeah. you know, I lost my faith for a little bit in you guys, but I started with it, and I I, I got it back before I could be called a bandwagoner. I wish I wish I had this on on record. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but after the first Arvis, you might find this funny. After the first day of the LCS, uh, you guys had lost, and and Nicole was really bummed about it, right? Because she was like, <laughs> yes, she was. <laughs> she, yeah, okay, yeah, you were. She I was feel like, so bad for Nicole. Oh yeah, my yeah. god, it we was, were losing at the first half of. The- she must have been so. Oh god. Yeah. So so she was really bummed about it after the first day, and then and then really bummed about it after the second day. I'm and sure. I was like, listen, this literally happened. Like, I am, this is the funny thing about how I feel. I like, I don't, in no way do I have the big brains that you guys have or Emily has or anything like that about this game. But I'm like, there's always trends. And I'm like, okay, Immortals and Dig are doing really well right now. And I was like, don't worry. This always happens. You guys are doing poorly. They're doing great. These teams will blow up and have all these issues <laughs> and finish really poorly, and then you guys will go up because of that. And uh, honestly, you guys did better than I even expected in that situation. But it's just, it's so funny because history always repeats itself. Like, start of spring split next year, we're going to have 
two to three teams that will look really good and they'll be like the non big name teams or whatever and everybody will be like oh my god they'll probably have Pooney on one of them and everyone will be like oh my god this is it these teams are insane and then they'll start losing a shit ton in the middle of the split and then finish like at the bottom it's just it always happens yeah lcs is the same every year and uh, yeah i mean credit to you if you saw us finishing strong i think the writing was kind of on the wall after what like week five i remember we were 2-0 against IMT. We had just beaten FlyQuest. Like, I think a few of our wins were just against FlyQuest and IMT. And at the time, that was the second place and third place team by a pretty wide margin. And yeah, I think this was week five or week six, and we had just come off. We were like at that point on a 2-0, uh, and it was against some of the top teams in the league. And I think at that point, the quality of our wins had improved to the point where if you were looking for the right things, you would have seen EG finishing as a top team. And I, I think... I'm sure many of the LCS teams knew that as well with their information. Uh, but yeah, thanks for the support, man. I know that there weren't m very many people, I think, like you, that saw EG finishing strong. Are you talking so, to me or the caller? The caller, Travis. You think oh, I would God. ever say something nice? Come on. I'm talking Travis, you don't, have, you don't even have an opinion to, have, to criticize. Yeah, me. but I, yeah. So I, again, thank you to the caller. I should be more specific for... And, and I know you're saying it a little bit to me, too. And a little bit to Mark, yeah, for, for their support. And I guess it's a tiny bit for Travis, too. Mark, do you lose points? If you gain points for, for predicting EG, do you lose a shit ton for saying Golden Guardians would be 10th? <laughs> no, he doesn't. Come on. Oh. Um, okay. Nah, come on. I mean, I think I lose more for CLG. God, there are some teams. Like, this is what always happens. Oh, where did you, you play CLG? Power rankings? I'm going to Google it. I, I want to uh, see it. It's on the... It's, I think it's, I didn't do one individually this year. I think I only oh, put it on shit. the dive. I think I had CLG... Okay. I had you guys fourth. I think I had CLG fifth. Yeah, you I, did have us highest, Mark. You had us... I remember yeah. I had you guys highest on the dive. Yeah, you had us highest. Yeah, I remember that. I need uh, to figure out a system where I can mail predictions to somebody or, like, vault them. And that because I'm too much of a coward to put my shitty predictions out at the before the start of a split, <laughs> but I do want to take credit if they're right at the end of the split. So I need a system nice, where I can lock picture. in my predictions, but then only reveal them if they were correct. Just take a fucking time stamped picture. Yeah, Maybe. I uh, yeah, I, I I got a lot wrong. This I, like obviously t it was a wild split. Did TL. you find them? Oh, it was a wild split. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'm not looking them up right now. I mean, now. if I, anybody says that they predicted Team Liquid ninth, they lied. Yeah, Team Liquid they, they, was they just lied. Like no, Team Liquid was wild. That. Yeah, everyone had basically TLC9, TSM in their top three. The next four was like a toss What's up of the yeah. teams we already said, and then the bottom three were like all hundred thieves, or excuse me, Golden Guardians, Immortals, and I think FlyQuest was one that a lot of people didn't believe in. Mm -hmm. I found your 2018. You haven't posted. You've posted like four videos to your YouTube channel. I was hoping you had a, a power rankings for this one on your YouTube No, like channel. I said, it was on the dive only. You have to go find it. Okay. Um, I did find... Yeah. Everyone gets... The thing ASMR. is, you always get swayed by the people, too. That's that's the problem. Like, I got swayed by Dig and CLG. I didn't I didn't yeah. really believe in them. And then everyone else was hyping them, and I put both in, in playoffs. And So you well, admit I mean, that uh, all the casters are really in an right analysis. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's you all group think your way to, to opinions. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think CLG is probably the most surprising one, I guess, in, in hindsight. You have a team that on paper upgrades their mid laner, and, what, third place to ninth? I guess the big thing that nobody ever talks about is the coaching change that happened. Dude, they lost Irene, right? I think so, I, I think talk about that. We yeah, talked about that on Hotline League. I said I, I felt like the biggest pickup for CLG, or sorry, for EG during this break was Irene, and CLG losing, I, 
Irene, I thought was huge. I talked about this a ton yeah, during the offseason. I mean, and it's crazy because did you see Wiggly's between spring and summer? That's evidence. Go ahead, Travis. Sorry. Yeah, I just I super think Irene is. I, I've been on the Irene train ever since he fucking bootstrapped CLG out of the gutter last split, and yeah. uh, they should have the, just let him own Madison Square Garden after that. Yeah, no, seriously. seriously. And then the fact that like, CLG lost him, I feel like was that was the biggest mistake they made, and uh, I'm so happy that he. Like it's sad because well, if I'm not you sure ask, it was a mistake, right? He his contract, it was his con- contract. Yeah, but you could have tried to keep him. Like my understanding was he that was, he was in negotiations with CLG to, was, to stick around. He and was they... widely sought after. I'm not going to leak his own information, but he was probably the most contested coach. I don't know if I can say this. He was, I'll say one of. He was one of the most contested coaches globally. I think. Well, regardless, uh, I think what's super sad about him is that he uh, doesn't get the attention that I think he deserves. Like you know. If you ask the majority of the LCS fans, yeah. uh, you know, like who's who, who Irene is, I think a lot of them would not know. And it's like he actually is such a, a great coach. Like, I mean, yeah. he would have been, I think he was my number two on the list because you couldn't put anybody ahead of Reaper, but uh, <laughs> after a split like this. But, um, but okay, yeah, fine. it was, fine. that's true. It was, he's, yeah, Irene's, I'm, I'm big on the Irene train. Yeah, you should be. Yeah, Irene's a really talented guy. He's been around forever. He's been coaching, what, six or seven years now? He started in LCK. He's coached in, what, three major regions and two minor regions. So, yeah, there's not much that this guy hasn't experienced. He's got a wealth of knowledge. Super talented coach. Yeah. All right, um, Asaka, sorry, we gave you no time to talk because, honestly, after admitting the Pobelter thing, you deserve none. But is there anything you want to say at the end of this? I'm uh, just saying, Subday wasn't robbed. His licorice deserved it. First team All Pro, so that's it. I, I literally cool. messaged Mark uh, after the it got revealed and was like, "Mark, is it crazy that licorice? Because so many people I heard were like, licorice was not the best." But thanks for the call. Thanks, man. Yep. And to be fair, in that response, I said, "You're not crazy. He's really, really good, and it's a totally fine vote to put licorice." No, no, no. I said. No, no, I I didn't vote for Licorice for number one. Oh, I thought you were saying you wanted to vote Licorice number one. I thought I said it was fine. No, I'm scrolling up through our chat now. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking now. Maybe we talk some. I'll get the else. next caller while you scan. How about that? Okay, okay do that. Uh, 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 I'm not gonna actually scan. I'm gonna shout out XD Freddy for the five gifted subs. Thank you, and then Wicked Zohan for the two months. Thank you, everyone who gifts subs. Yeah, your chat is really uppity tonight, man. They're always fucking up at you. Yeah, Jack spurs them on. That's mad a... at each other. They're mad at me. They're mad at everyone. No, no, no. Jack just, Jack, uh, he just is like the toxic element in the chat. Oh, he just okay, okay. Gotcha. stirs the pot as much as possible. Okay. Blue Frost is here after writing literal essays in the subtopics channel <laughs> that Mark somehow got in, brought him in. Uh, that normally doesn't happen, Blue Frost. Normally, whenever I see somebody write essays, they don't end up on the show. So what? What's oh, yeah. where are you calling from? I'm calling from uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, Fort Worth, Texas. How's it going in Texas? Um, it's going pretty well. We're, you know, we're still in our shelter in place, but honestly, I'm not really getting messed messed up by isolation so much. I'm used to it. Gotcha. Well, uh, I'm a little worried to open up the channel to you, given the length of the words that you were putting in the subtopics <laughs> chat. But maybe we'll pitch you on a 60 second timer. So no, right. I can I can deal with the others. Don't worry. So my take is that the uh, criticism of 100 Thieves, and in particular Papa Smithy over Ryoma, is really bad for talent development in North America. Hmm. It's also 
doubly bad that we're putting orgs like Dig on blast for you know, having all these import veterans, and yet when Hunter Thieves are trying to take a minor region player looking for a challenge, and then it's just he just not, isn't instantly smurfing, we're giving him all this crap. So I just think it's really bad. What was your second? You said it was bad to sh the Rioma point, and then what was the second one? Second one, it's I think it's hypocritical that we are giving Dig flack for like mainly Huni, but like banking on the uh, big name imports. Like there, there's another caller who talked about that, but the fact that we're also shitting on Honor Thieves, and also I guess to a little bit of an extent, Ichi over Kumo is like what what's gonna make these fans happy so you yeah, think but it sounds mm, like you're saying mm -hmm. no one deserves criticism no like dignitas no, 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 i think no, no stories i think what he's saying is people want to have new and upcoming talent that they want to believe in but then as soon as someone takes a risk on new and upcoming talent they blast them yeah mm -hmm. uh, which is yeah they, a little they get blasted incredible. if not like yeah. immediately smurfing like johnson yeah. like, i feel like johnson was the only mm -hmm. one who didn't get a bunch of flack and that's because he was popping off immediately yeah yeah, so you kind of can't win unless you sign a really popular big name and they kill it. Yeah, pretty much. It's just too hard to win, and I think it's ultimately hurting our region as a whole, and it's making... And it's just... Like, the orgs feel like they're in a bind. Where they can't start their rookie players because they'll lose games, and if they lose games, they get flamed. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. so... And I... That's kind of nice that we were talking a bit about EG here because I was... Like, I wasn't really thinking much about Kumo, but Artemis, I do want to ask, how has it been developing that player and enduring a bunch of the flack that he did receive because, you know, he wasn't really popping off immediately and it took him, took time for him to get integrated. Well, well let's, like, let's address the first question because you did say you could do it within a 60 seconds and then you started attack on the second question and uh, that's, <laughs> right. that's called cheating. Um, so <laughs> first thing... Uh, which is, should we not give 100 Thieves as much flack as they got for picking up a player like Ryoma and uh, taking a risk? I think the problem there was people were frustrated to see other NA mid laners like Poe Belter, who you saw come in and crush it for CLG, and Demonte, who we haven't seen yet, but uh, perhaps will rise once more, yeah. um, come in and... Like, we didn't get a chance to see those players join any teams at the start. And so that's why it was frustrating where I think a lot of people were saying, why would you take Ryoma over either of those players? Um, Mark or Artemis, like, do you think that that, now that we're done with the, at least the, the main part of the split, do you think that that question still lines up? What, that should we take Demonte over Ryoma? Yeah, yeah, like, people, like, should people be yeah. weird about uh, What do you think? I think it when you look at the rest of the composition of that roster, I actually think it makes a little bit of sense because Meteos, Someday, and Cody are, are pretty big veterans. And I know you don't want to go like sure. five rookies in the dream kind of thing. Um, but even Stunt is not like he's had a number of cracks at the league. And you, I think you kind of know a little enough about Stunt to know what you're getting out of him. Whereas Ryoma really is a bit of a shot in the dark. And that's why it felt yeah. to me... Maybe a little weird for a team that seems like it should have, with Medio someday, Cody, pretty high expectations uh, in that mm -hmm. taking a crack at something is spring, and that's probably the time you want to do it. But I, I understood the idea that, like, hey, if we want to win now, let's get Demonte. 
it's, it's nice that we're having this conversation this episode because normally Papa Smithy's in chat, but yeah. uh, it's safe right now. So I don't, I don't know what 100 Thieves' goals were, but I would assume, yeah. based on what they did, I would assume that their goals were playoffs. Playoffs. And that if they made playoffs, they'd consider it a win. And like with their Rioma piece, like they probably looked at their other four pieces and said, okay, even if this guy turns bad, which we don't think he is, but there's risk associated with bringing him in, right? So even if this risk pans out to be truthful, then maybe our four players are good enough so we make playoffs, we make it to the, you know, the big best of fives where there's more hype, where there's more brand value for 100 Thieves. Because in, in an org like 100 Thieves, I'm sure that they wanted to make playoffs and they must have felt that Rioma was good enough to make them playoffs while also having upside as this young rookie who could maybe go on to be one of the best mids in North America. I'm assuming that that was their, they, their mm -hmm. kind of their logic, right? Um, what happened I was really- that was, oh, yeah. I think that's what I got from their content, that they wanted to develop a player. Yeah. And yeah. So going back in the, to the points about like DeMonte, and I'm also going to bring up Insanity because he's the IMT Academy mid. And I'm honestly, to be frank, very surprised we didn't get any games of him. And um, I feel like with DeMonte, maybe people- saw him at Worlds, and uh, also the fact that he kind of was a little... I don't know, I feel like he was a little bit limited to playing things like the Kiana and melee assassin mid laners. He was essentially a rookie last year at Worlds. Like, yeah, he played some of a split, but, you know, Tanner was a very, very young player very at young Worlds player. his first that, time. Like, yeah, that may have given Just some context. Power -based. Yeah, like, yeah. And, like, I, you know, I definitely think he should be on LCS team, I think. At the very least, he should have been given a shot. Like, probably on Dig, because you, you still have some veteran voices that can he, I can work with. He's also got some synergy with Huni, even though who knows if he's gonna, Huni's going to stay on the team. But about Ryoma, the fact that he's taking an import slot, I think it's different, because the difference... I'm going to just bring up Eka here. Uh, Eka, he's coming from EU, which is a major region, even though he never, he was never on the LAC stage. While Ryoma is coming from the OPL, and... So you're saying it sounds like it, Ryoma was a, a more likely scenario tested. for success, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. more likely tale for success, because gotcha. you think of, like, like an OPL player. I, another example would be Destiny, who was playing on Mammoth at Worlds. In the plans, and now he's on OG. OG got third in the LEC. Yeah. So like, I yeah. feel like if it went like that, it'd be a different storyline. So Mark, uh, I don't think I, I. Oh, you did. You did reference, or you did answer the question, Artemis. You, uh, how, sorry, what was kind of the sum up of your opinion on like the Ryoma thing in retrospect? Well, I think. Sorry, you go. You go. Oh, um, I guess like to sum everything together, uh, I think that. Something that's important to mention is that he's performing significantly better in the past two to three weeks than he did for the beginning of the split. And I think that's important to highlight because I was very critical of Rioma, um, you know, privately, of course, because I'm not going to just like flame a player randomly on Twitter or something. Uh, but I did not think very highly of him at all this split. But I will say that at near the end of the split, he's been performing very well. Um, or at least much better than he did before. So it's yeah. good to, to see improvement from him. And just, again, I think your original point is about this somehow is hurting talent development if we flame Rioma. I think that's a really bad take. Uh, uh, I think I, that... I'm not like... Well, I'm hang not on. Gonna, I, I think I that... I think that a GM should grow thicker skin if he's worried about getting flamed for his decisions. 
and the people above him shouldn't listen to Reddit or shouldn't listen to Twitter and they should trust their general manager. Mm -hmm. If a GM makes a decision that doesn't pan out, like you should look at the systems that they use to make that decision. You shouldn't only just look at the result, right? Like you can't be totally free of results-based analysis because it's sports, but you have to actually consider like why they made the choices they did, right? And if I'm a GM and I'm afraid of getting flamed by Reddit so I don't import a player, I think that's ludicrous. And that person does not deserve their job. Yeah, yeah to, although, to Artemis's point, if if you take a 60-40 and you get the 40, that doesn't mean you didn't understand the odds yeah, that you took. It, it just means that you lost that one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Although I do want to rephrase like something I did. I forgot to add. I guess, Sorry, we're, we're starting to run low on time, Blue Frost. So yeah, I'll we got to move on. I'll give you 10 call. seconds like, to finish. Anyway, like, definitely, he was a weak link, and you saw how hard Cloud9 could exploit him. But it's like... Like I'm not, I'm not saying he's free from blame, but I think it's definitely a bit overblown and it can kind of just give a bad vibe to other orgs who are maybe thinking of maybe promoting an academy player or trying another rookie or young player with, with the drive and motivation. And maybe, in, and again, like, I really want to, like, give Artemis an EG respect for sticking through with Kumo. And yeah. you've definitely yep. seen him improve. So, hey, Blue Frost. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Really appreciate it. Sorry to cut you appreciate off. We're just, that, we hit 10 o'clock and we got one more call to go. So... Uh, any any shouts? Anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Uh, just I'll say shouts to Alienware and Movement. They've been underrepresented by the callers, and I'm hoping for a good EGC9 <laughs> series. I think it's a good matchup. Hey, Thank thanks, man. Thanks Looking so much for the call. Too. On to our on last to caller. Last here. Man, you guys are getting them out of here. It's 10 o'clock. Travis is like, I got shit to do. No, no, no it's Mark. Mark will. Oh, Mark's got shit. Mark to do. Okay. messages me. Oh. He, he's back. I can't oh, you talking shit? Uh, yeah, stop, he's back. I'm just saying Mark <laughs> usually has a pretty hard out around 10 or 10, 15. <laughs> um, dictated to him by another individual who he of course, delivers. Of course. Uh, Proteus is here. Proteus, <laughs> where are you calling from? <laughs> I'm calling from West Virginia. West Virginia. Uh, there's a song, I think, about West Virginia. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, I wanted to make the case that Golden Guardians is going to beat FlyQuest in uh, in playoffs. Um, I have three reasons why they're going to do this. One, nice. they've already beat them in Week 9 recently. Um, two, everyone below C9, they're basically close enough. They all take games off of each other. We've seen that all split. Except for EG, right? No, no. EG <laughs> included, sorry. <laughs> Um, and then three, the Reaper point, they have extra time to prepare and they get to watch fly lose less than a week before a knockout game that loses bracket. So they get an opportunity to actually see someone lose. And then, um, yeah, they, they basically get a chance to kind of scout their weaknesses mm. and do all that, which kind of gives an advantage to the fifth and sixth seed, which mm. isn't, uh, isn't really how you'd want it to play out. Well, first of all, I just want to say that I love your take. You came on, you gave your point, you gave your supporting arguments. Fantastic setup. Callers should take notes. This guy's <laughs> a pro. Um, yeah, I I think that your three points are fantastic. They already beat them once. That That's solid. Um, but I think you kind of defeated your own point there with the revolving door argument where everybody beats each other. So just because GG beat them once doesn't mean they're going to necessarily beat them again. But I think one of your most powerful points is that the fact that they get to see them play so soon before their match. Um, I did read some other people talking about how there seemed to be some sort of structural advantage to the fifth and sixth seed with respect to the loser of the winner's bracket. So like 100 Thieves and FlyQuest. Um, I didn't really look too much into it because, frankly, I was expecting to win. 
our winners. <laughs> I, I know that sounds a little arrogant, but of course you don't plan on losing. Um, so yeah, I was expecting to win our match against FlyQuest, so I didn't really uh, consider the full implications of that. But yeah, it's obviously if you could have it perfect, it would be the higher seed gets the better uh, scouting, right? That's um, that's a, a, a an interesting point. That's what kind of why I pulled it was actually that last one because yeah. I totally I saw I think Reaper was the first one to see tweet about it, and it does yeah. feel a little weird. And I think in my head, the way I try and offset it is that like, well, you did get to play another best of three before that, and for or best of five season before that. So like for a team like Hundred Thieves, it feels feels pretty shit that like you just get slapped by C9 and the entire time TSM's just watching that go on. I mean, to be fair, how much did you really show besides draft? Right, like right. You, didn't really, you didn't get a chance to show anything. So. Yeah, uh, and then for FlyQuest, you know. Uh, they did get a chance to win a series and yeah. then lose that series and then play another one. And the only downside is... Well, f f for FlyQuest, I think it was pretty damaging. Like I said, I think... A so they didn't really have to show too much, but I thought FlyQuest gave us a really good run. Like, they, I think the games were much closer than a lot of people expected, ourselves included. I think our guys were playing on short rest. We took two off days uh, to get prepared for this week of practice so i was pleased to get the win but yeah some of the games were a bit touch and go we made more mistakes than we we're used to uh, cloud or flyquest took us to four games and uh we got to see two blue side drafts and two red side drafts from flyquest so that is a lot of information that right. teams have to use against them that's for sure they also had to adjust like we saw them they didn't ban Callista their first blue side game they adjusted to ban Callista their second blue side game like these adjustments that coaches make in a best of five like that's where the other coaches are really going to get value they're going to look at how you adjust during the best of five and i don't think 100 thieves had to adjust they probably tried but they, they really had no hope uh, fly quest <laughs> you can look at the strategies that their coaches use in that series and you can probably uh get something out of it so so unfortunate if, for them. if you're way, like in a fly quest sorry i just man you between you and artemis you guys are are chatting tonight. i really appreciate it i don't have to do anything on the show maybe me and mark need our own show i think uh, just shut up but, uh, do you want to run it? Because uh, that's my thing. Is I help, Mark, but I never run them. Mark doesn't like responsibility. Um, gotcha. So the <laughs> just wanted to, to interrupt this conversation to make sure everyone knows LCS is tomorrow. I just ran a poll in the chat. Thirty percent of people did not realize that LCS 30%? is tomorrow. Guys, yeah. I'm honestly on. kind of surprised it's that good. By the way, chat, it is tomorrow. The match we are talking about is taking place in like. 15 Jesus. hours so uh it's 1 p.m pacific Wake tomorrow up chat same time uh, as it was this past weekend sorry mark continue yeah no problem to to finalize my point i was gonna ask do you think if you were what was FlyQuest? the four seed they were the four three seed. seed yeah four seed no uh yes they were the four seed yes yes they were yeah. the four seed yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> would, would you rather be the four seed playing you guys losing getting another chance, or I guess they wouldn't be playing you. The four seed would be playing... Would you rather the, be the four seed and lose, or like the seed playing that four seed? Is that what Yeah, I guess what I'm saying, would you rather... Because they would play the five seed normally, right? Yeah. So would you rather play TSM, and both of you guys are blind, and if you lose, you're out? Or would you rather take a crack at the two seed, lose, and then get a shot at now the six seed, but, you know, presumably one of those give me a, Give me a crack at the two seed, but I think that has a lot to do with philosophy and my team than anything else, if that makes sense. Like just because yeah. I want the, that match doesn't mean it's like the best. I think for me, even if I was the underdog in that match, I would think that there would be good chances that my team could win, uh, whether it's through preparation or just from performance on that day. Um, so I would definitely prefer at least a shot 
at a team yeah. that's better than me. Like, that, give me a shot. Like, I'll, I'll take my chances for sure. That's that's how I feel too, and that's why I kind of feel like, eh, it is a little shitty to have to go play and give out yeah. some, some of your strats. But the yeah. the upside is that, well, I get to lose if it doesn't work out. Exactly. If I do win, then I'm still in the winner's bracket, yes. and then I can still lose. So, like, yes. I do agree it's a little shitty, but it's it's because you're not seeing what they're you know, if this was a risk reward game, what you're what you're trying to win, you got the you got you, you lost everything. You know, you showed you <laughs> lost. You now have to play again, but you could have gotten all of this. So I still think it's mm. a pretty good system for the mm. four and three seeds. Yeah, I think it's better than better than what we had. Maybe not perfect, but I think that this is a step in the right direction for sure. Yeah, cool. On that topic, who do you think is going to win the two games tomorrow and uh, on Wednesday? Oh, Who's playing tomorrow? TSM. Tomorrow's flight quest. Tomorrow's flight. You didn't. You were flaming everybody for Ooh. not knowing there's LCS tomorrow. Then you don't even know which team was. We were, I, I literally on said Saturday, on the show. And then after that, I, I literally said on the show, FlyQuest Golden Guardians is tomorrow. No one listens to the show. Know. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm kidding. Podcast <laughs> listeners hate you. <laughs> by the way, for doing yeah. that. Please, sorry, sorry, guys. Anyway, um, I think that FlyQuest should win. Uh, I think GGS can win, but I think it should be FlyQuest. And TSM should win pretty convincingly. I really appreciate all these Skype freeze frames because uh, I'm just saving them all into <sighs> a folder, and then I'm going to use them to reply to the Evil Geniuses Twitter account when they tweet stuff. Thanks, Travis. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, so our uh, Proteus, we're starting to run out of time, but um, I won't. I won't ask you for shoutouts yet. Do you have any thoughts on what you've just heard? Um, I would just say that I, I don't think I fully agree that the system we have now is better than the system we had, because I think the system we had was hype. Every game mattered. Mm. Um, like G2 inting in the EU and, and they're still probably, point. and they're still probably favorites to win yeah, in the EU, point. right? So it's yeah. like, you know, they can just like do that and sure, it, sure. It, it just feels kind of like these first couple rounds don't really matter as much just because everyone gets a second chance, except for the person who actually wins the winner's bracket, they don't get a second chance in finals. So yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't really understand how it's better than the last system. I think that the, the argument would be that you're reducing variance and that the better teams should win the finals. You get the best right? two teams in like, finals. Yeah, that, that's kind of like the argument, but you're saying that like, yes, that happens, but it's at the detriment of G2 losing their first series. Like, and you're saying that if the original format was there, then they wouldn't have won it and would have been to finals. So, yeah, I, I understand your argument. And Yeah, I think, I think one of the things that people say. really liked with the system that happened last year was a full five-game series between G2 and Fnatic that was super-duper close. Yeah, and Fnatic gets back. to go back, and then you get another yeah. five-game series between your two yes. best teams with that's the actually, big fan base. Yeah. So that and is then, a and then, great and then in, and then in spring you had six zero against Origin, so yeah, that's, that's probably what we'll have. That's <laughs> yeah. what we'll have. That is likely what we'll have this year. I, uh, I talked hey, about that in the JLX. I don't think so. Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks so much, Proteus, for the call. Anything you want to say as we move on to the end of the show? Nope. Just uh, thanks for having me on, and keep up the great work. Thanks, man. Everyone. All right. That is the show. Uh, Mark, would you like to give any shout-outs, plugs, anything here? I, um, uh, Hello, Mark? Uh, Did you get I, a message? Uh, what just happened? Uh, what distracted you? No, I just actually I forgot about the stock market. I just looked at it because today's Monday. How are we doing? It was a good day. Nice. I am more interested in the stock market, all right? My turnips, I bought them for 90 and right Shut now... Up. 
those oh dweebs God. at the store only want to buy, buy them back Travis, for 52. Yeah, just, just plug your shit and get out Can we get the fucking mind. outro rolling? Or? <laughs> we don't have Artemis, we don't, you're we don't, the goddamn guest. Jesus, where are you? You're so uppity. Holy <laughs> crap. What kind of joke? Come on. What man. kind of show do you think this is? That Artemis, don't. Oh, Artemis, wow. I will literally, don't, don't make me read the message that I found in my DMs whenever I... Mark, that's, do you remember that, when I... Do you remember I found when I found the DeMonte message DM where like years before DeMonte went pro oh, he had yeah? a message that oh, was like, you have one for, from uh... there was a similar one for Artemis that I will not read <laughs> because it's it's Artemis has developed an evil personality and outspoken but it is very Sweet and kind, the message that I found. I was secretly hoping it was one where it's Travis, like, I actually owe you one for that. <laughs> I was hoping it was like you're not a real interviewer. Learn how to fucking. I was no. so polite. This was, you know, me two years ago. Sweet Connor. Yeah. Yeah. That's he good. was. He was. A, yeah. It was the nicest message I've. I've. I've that's ever what, had. That's what him. happens to us. Comes East on this Coast show and, and I know. Look at me now. Boys. Yeah. yeah we can just come out here. And if anybody jerks. has, uh, all I'm gonna say is, if anybody has a, uh, they're buying stocks for like 500 or something. Hit me up because I need to. I need to offload these. Are you I'm gonna be playing a uh, so shout outs. I'm gonna be playing Valorant on the AD tomorrow, and Ooh. no one's gonna know. Hell yeah! On the analyst desk. <laughs> yeah, no one's gonna Fuck know. Yeah. I'm gonna know. I'm gonna tweet. No about one's it, so. no one's gonna know because no one's gonna be watching because they're all gonna be watching <laughs> Valorant streams That's because true. they don't know LCS is tomorrow. That actually sucks so bad for TSM and Hundred Thieves. Or Fly again, Sorry, it's FlyQuest Fly and, and Golden <laughs> Guardians. <laughs> Let's get Artemis out of here. He clearly yeah, he needs to yeah. sleep. I I need to ca I need to stream tomorrow so I can get all of Nate Shot's viewers because I can't yes. he can't get those so those are all up for grabs. Yes. Artemis, <laughs> yes. Plug shout outs. Anything for you? Yeah, follow me on Twitter. There's what sixteen hundred you guys in chat. I better see. And shout out to Adam. He's an intern at EG. He's the man. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, thanks. Thanks everyone for watching. I have a video I did about... Oh, my Twitter's at Artemis. It's at Artemis. It's on the screen right above your head. Wait, is it just Artemis? Yeah. Yeah. How, did you, how the fuck did you get that? EG, you know, threw their weight around a little bit. Nicole Damn, that's is, crazy, uh, actually. Yeah. Nicole's pretty scary. I don't want to talk she about it. She is pretty uh, badass. That's true. Shout out to Artemis Fowl, the original Artemis. That's not where my name comes from. I don't I, care if it's from mythology. You don't need it's to Artemis lean Fowl. into the microphone. <laughs> it becomes painful when you do that. Um... Thanks I do like Artemis Fowl, though. I have, I've also read that. Mark and I have more books in common than we know. Uh, but Dude, never mind. Anyway, so I... <laughs> yeah, so you almost opened up another line. <laughs> I made fun of Nate Shot, but I do think it's super fucked up that he can't stream tomorrow, and I think the whole Riot thing where they won't let the orgs stream is fucked up, and I made a whole video about it. You guys can go watch it if you care. Uh, but I will also be streaming some Valorant tomorrow before the LCS starts, assuming that it's up before then. I don't know when it starts. Um, and my, my, even though Riot probably doesn't like the video I did today, my Twitch stream, as far as I know, still enabled for drops. We'll see if it is tomorrow. But as far as I know, it is. Uh, so, <laughs> so you can follow, you, I'll have some drops going. Anyway, uh, thanks so much to Artemis for coming on. Thanks for Mark for co-hosting. Thank you, Alienware. Go win some skins. And the Alienware giveaway that uh, we put in chat earlier. And uh, that's it for this episode.